Hey, what's going on? It's Bill Burr. Um, Before I start the Thursday afternoon, just before Friday, Monday morning podcast, uh, I'm going to do a little read here. I know you're probably thinking, dude, what the fuck is this? This isn't how he normally stats it. Well, I didn't take a break during the next interview. So I got I got to read this thing now. Now, if I can fucking find it, where the hell is it? Yes, this is the most unprofessional beginning of any podcast. Oh, here we go. Oh, this is for all you fucking people out there. Better help. Better help. Is there something interfering with your happiness or is preventing you from achieving your goals besides listening to this podcast? Better help will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. You can start communicating in under 24 hours. It's not a crisis line. It's it's not self-help. It's a professional counseling done online. Score! St. Louis Blues. Uh, there is a broad range of expertise in BetterHelp's counsel, counselor network, which may not be locally available in many areas. The service is available for clients worldwide. You can log into your account anytime and send a message to your counselor. Uh, You'll get timely and thoughtful responses, plus you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions so you won't ever have to sit in an uncomfortable waiting room. BetterHelp is is committed to, why don't I buy glasses, to facilitating great therapeutic matches so they can make it easy and free to change counselors if needed. It's more affordable than traditional offline counseling and financial aid is available. Visit betterhelp.com slash burr and join over 500,000 people who have taken charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. For Bill Burr listeners, get 20% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash burr. Um, and with that, on to the interview on the Thursday afternoon, just before Friday Monday morning podcast, just checking in on ya! Check. Hey, I see it. I can see it. It's on. It's on. There we go. Hey, what's going on? It's Bill Burr. It's time for a Thursday afternoon special edition of the Thursday afternoon just before Friday, Monday morning podcast. And uh, I have a guest, a very special guest, one of uh, one of my uh, I don't know, just the biggest fan of this guy and all the bands that he's played in. Just going to get right to it. He's got a brand new album out. Mr. Duff McKagan. How are you, sir? Bill, how are you? I'm doing great. You know, I uh, got the email saying that you wanted to be on here, said, you know, that Duff had made a new album, a solo album, you know, when he wants to come on and promote it. And I got to tell you, you just came off that giant tour. You like how I'm all tangled up in the fucking wires here? I told you this was going to be a bare bones operation here. How did you get the time? You know, because I'm such a, 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 a pussy where I go on the road for like a week. And I'm like whining to my wife, like, oh, God, I miss my kid and everything. And I know you guys had breaks and everything, but you did two and a half years on the road. How do you come out of that and be like, you know what? I'm, I'm ready to uh, sit down and write an album. You're not like fried. Well, um, I think, well, to, and that's two questions. And, and, and I do that a lot. Yes. And so so the, the being able to tour, like, I mean, I saw some tours when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. You know, I saw The Clash before London Calling and I saw this like I mean they were as ex- exotic as Led Zeppelin right. were but they were one of us right? and they made that known mm-hmm. like there's no difference between the crowd and the band we're all in this together right <clears throat> that was an early influence and then seeing Henry Rollins like get prepared 
my first gig ever was opening for Black Flag, but with Ron Ray's. I was singer two singers before at Rollins. Okay. So when Rollins finally came into Black Flag, there was a lot of talk. You got to step up. That's a big position to be the singer of Black Flag. And my band, again, it was a different band, but we, we opened for Black Flag when Henry came in. First, like, five shows. Right. And seeing this guy, he was super intense. He's still a pretty intense guy. But this is, I mean, I'm like 17 years old, and he just has gym shorts on and... <laughs> You know, and he, he's pacing. This is that sound check. Yeah, right? I've seen him do stand-up comedy, and he just, he just like, they introduce him, and he just, like, 45-degree angle right out to the mic stand, yeah. takes the mic out and wraps the cord around his arm. It's like, all right, this guy's he's going in. Yeah, and that's what, so seeing that, like, preparation he did for a show, like, that kind of, like, that was a, a state in my head, and I, those, it was a couple of things that made me decide to be a lifer. Right. You don't have a choice in this anymore. Like, what? How did you start playing music? I don't know. I didn't have a choice. Right. right. Just, and then you know, so touring all these years. Now touring, I'm 55. You know, like mm -hmm. you have to, really, like you have to train like an athlete. You have to, like, do all those things. You have to pace your days, and and uh, our shows are not short. No. You've seen our shows. Yeah. Um, so uh, three and a half hours, of, and you've seen the size of our stage. So, you know, yeah. So you're probably running five miles a night with a bass on, <laughs> you know. Um, but to to get to the to writing the songs thing, I was in a position, you know, uh, one that I didn't realize how much was missing in my life until we kind of the three of us. Axel and Slash myself talked mm -hmm. some stuff out and we decided like let's we were offered the Coachella let's okay I mean we could do this you know right nobody else knows about it except us three and we talked about all these kind of things that were hanging there in the air for years and and we the way we approached it with our kind of chests out and heads up and and with honesty and and uh rigor you know, and it was so cleansing and, and going out and touring and then like, well, we can go keep, we can keep going. We can do all of North America and we can right. keep going. And I had this, you know, right. I think at that time when we were rehearsing for that, that we rehearsed for three months for that tour and we were like six hours a day, you know, um, how were you guys the first time you, you, the first time you counted it off, you hadn't played together in that long. Did it come right back? Was it I like mean, riding a bike? I didn't just go into rehearsal. I mean, I spent a month in my my basement. You know, <laughs> like, that's so cool. So you actually went back and listened to all your own stuff. First time, probably ever. You know, yeah. like okay, you know, yeah, I did the pre work, and and I know slash. We all did the pre work. Did the young you stump the older you a few times? Like, the what old, the hell was this? No, I mean, I, it's all in my bones. It's all in right. my muscle memory, of course. And right. I played a bunch of these songs in other bands and whatever. Oh, okay. okay. So it wasn't too far out, but there mm -hmm. was some stuff like estranged I hadn't hadn't played. Coma, you know, like oh wow. Yeah. What will you know? What kind of drugs were we doing to write coma? You I know. know. But um, also that weird thing where you've, I've played this song around the world and I don't remember how it goes. That's got to be crazy. Mm -hmm. And it is in your, you know, you play. And once you play I fuck song, around. You play. Yeah. But once you play <laughs> on drums a song right. a few times, it's, it's going to be there. You know, your, your body remembers it. So, um, but I had this, I went, I, during the rehearsals, I got sucked into that 
thing that I think we all did. I was watching like, and it started very simply. A, a friend of a, Susan and I, it's the guy who actually set us up on the blind date. Mm -hmm. He used to write for Thrasher. He got into politics, <clears throat> became campaign managers for people, um, and was John Kasich's campaign manager mm -hmm. for that presidential bit. And he, he like texted me. He goes, hey, watch my guy, John Kasich. There was that first debate of like 12 Republican uh, nominees or, or guys who were running and, and people were, that were running. And I watched John Kasich and he goes, yeah, my guy's a real centrist. He's done a lot for Ohio and okay, right. so I had a backstory. So I'm watching him and I see this kind of screaming and shouting and stuff going down and like, oh, this is a mess. But it got me into the news and I started watching right. like, all the news and Oh, that's fun. I saw, <laughs> you know, I started following people on my Twitter. My Twitter, I originally got to follow the Seattle Seahawks, the, the Mariners, <laughs> how awful they are. Yeah. And like a few of like people that I, you know, right. respect comedians or rock guys. Um, but I started following all these other things that just don't do it. Um, and I went down a rabbit hole and I'm smart enough. I read enough history. I've, that's all I've done since I was sober. Right. been sober for 25 years it's just i read history I'm, I'm a total book nerd right and so i'm watching this news and they br start bringing on panels that are all yelling over each other i'm like this is an interesting way to keep people they, they know what they're doing they're polling like they're watchers you know they're, right. this must be working because they're in the business of selling ads i'm smart enough to, but i'm still down the rabbit hole and i'm looking at my twitter and i'm wake up in the morning I'm looking at go to the news first thing in the morning and I get wrapped up in this whole thing divide I'm like there's a divide out there right whoa I mean I've been traveling this country for a long time man. I, I didn't know it was there where where have I been I, it isn't in a way okay so, so <laughs> it we, isn't we it's it's you're watching it on TV and it gets that's why I stopped not like I was ever the most informed guy but I stopped watching it when it just the way they were spinning it and it was just it came up the same reason why I don't watch those real housewife shows right is I don't want to watch listen to a bunch of people screaming and yelling at each other I grew up with that and you, you start it's, it affects like my mood and then I also think it's all bullshit anyway so I, I, I don't watch it so you went I'm sorry you went down that rabbit hole you started yeah I went, I went down the rabbit hole I mean I, I and I knew I knew I was going down a rabbit hole and I and uh so there, at one point in rehearsal, like we would talk about a rehearsal, and at one point I just, right before, right when we started playing at Coachella, and then we went to Mexico City, and then we went, came back to the state. I turned off the news before all that. I just stopped. Mm -hmm. Just stopped. I stopped having Yahoo as my home screen, because that used to be, because you get to sports right. pretty quick. Only reason, yeah. Yahoo was just <laughs> filling up, you know. Yeah, um, the important stuff. The important stuff. Um, I I muted everything on my Twitter except for the Seahawks and the Mariners, mm -hmm. and I've done this for the last since again since I've been sober. I read about all this history and I go to the places I read about. Right. So I'll plan, and and this is a stadium tour, so we have kind of a day and a half off in every city, or you have travel days if you're right. on a bus and in this so. I would plan my travel on my bus, like, okay, D.C. to Atlanta. What's in between? Monticello. Let's go there. That's we cool. Have to get the bus driver a room there. I'm going to Monticello. A little Bighorn. That's between Minneapolis and Denver. Uh, World War One Museum is in Kansas City. I want to go on the, the 
airboat with the guy in Louisiana and see alligators. I do this stuff every day off. And what happens when you do these things, these activities, you talk to people. Right. And oftentimes I go to Monticello between D.C. and Atlanta. Guns N' Roses is playing nowhere near there. So I can go in undetected. I can go to a little bighorn. You can't, people, because they're, they're mean, not expecting much. to they're see They're not you. expecting. You know, a few people go, whoa, duff, you know. But yeah. it's not like, I kind of try to not go to the places in the cities I'm playing, if I can help it. Right. Sometimes, like when I saw you in Paris, mm -hmm. I just came from Normandy. I did a whole D-Day. I've been there. How crazy is that? Yeah. I went down there the, uh, the next day uh, in the morning. I drove a van down because that's all they rented us is this big stupid van, and I went down there and I got lost. Oh, you did, but yeah. I think, but I made it there. I made it there. I just couldn't get back to my hotel. I couldn't find it. So did you just walk the beaches yourself? I went and I smoked a cigar, sat on the be beach in the morning, and right. I, I couldn't believe how moving it was. Yeah. And we took this incredible tour with this. Were you at the beach with the craters? Yeah, and yeah, the, and yeah. the guy, uh, um, this guy from Scotland, and he took us all into. Oh, you did it. All you did the a bunkers. Tour. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. And right. they had this bunker where I guess Hitler had gotten gassed or something, or saw people get gassed in the uh, in World War One, like when they, when before they that whole let's not try you know the poisonous gas you right, shoot right. at people. Right. So he had showers installed in case you know any of the troops got you know if they oh. used gas. So that was the weirdest thing. I was just like, oh wow, that guy actually cared about something. <laughs> right I wonder if I, I don't think I saw that I yeah. would have rang a bell with me it was one of the German bunkers and there was like right as you walked in there was a little like a shower thing that like I guess if, if whatever they spray you if you hosed it off you I mean it's pretty ironic that he, he was concerned about, about that consider yeah, yeah. yeah. And then, no I could see that 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 like going oh oh he actually okay he was looking out for somebody yeah yeah other than himself yeah sorry anyways mm. um but I, I I'm going to all these places I'm talking to people and I'm, you know, thinking there's this big divide and, you know, red states and blue states and, you know, make a joke out of this. But I travel from state to state. And I don't notice a red one or a blue one. Right. It's all the same. And it was this, it's been the same since I've been traveling since the 80 punk rock bands, 82 and 83 throughout all of this traveling. I've traveled the whole time and um, I've raised we've raised our daughters who are now 18, 21 to be world citizens because right. that's what we all fucking are. You know. Right. Let's face it. Um, I'm an American and proud American. I make no no bones about that. I'm I'm super proud to be American. My dad fought World War Two. You know, my parents grew up in the Depression, but two of my brothers in Vietnam. We went through this amazing. Uh, I've got seven siblings. I mean, the variety in our family is right. stunning. You know, and the things that I got to see because I had this super cool mom. You know, Martin Luther King March when he died and all of these kind of epic things that I wish I was older when I did them. Right. But um, traveling the, the America at first and talking to people, I'm like, this, oh, this divide. Oh, it's another selling tool for the news and, and it's politics. Dude, you read enough to know better. Like you yeah. fell down a stupid <laughs> rabbit hole. <laughs> you, you bought it. Like the guy in, you know, Louisiana, you're, you know, ones people you would think were are the other, you know? I mean, he was... Alligators like marshmallows. Who knew? Right. And he, you know, one thing he commented, he's been doing it for 45 years, and he goes, the marshes are disappearing. I'm like, what do you mean? He goes, they are disappearing. At a, a, like, I used to be able to go through this channel right here. We can't. As you see, we got to turn around and go. And our whole trip was this, like, circumnavigating 
old paths he used to go and he goes it's like 900 cubic yards per 30 minutes or something like right. some he gave me some stat so you find out more about your country and i what i found out the, the thing that being you know getting back together with the band and those guys and us kind of talking through things and getting on this back to this place where we're friends and we're able to go out and like seriously kick some ass and right. be like we never phone it in man and mm -hmm. it's back to that real thing and that brotherhood and and it gave me like this intellectual sobriety or whatever cl clarity to go out and just i was relaxed and able right. to talk to people and put things together and i started writing while you out on the road yeah i started writing i i thought maybe i was going to write a book but i was reading hillbilly elegy by jd vance while i was out there i read Sarah Cantahor's View from the Flyover Country. I read some books, and I thought, is there great books? Mm -hmm. Everybody should read them. And I thought, well, should I put another book out of, like, my observations? Is that too much information, too many observations? And uh, I've wanted to do, like, a really, as, as a sidebar to this, I've, for the last 20-something years, I've wanted to do a record that's really toned down, like Mark Lanigan, Johnny Thunder's acoustic mm -hmm. type of record. And I just didn't really have the time or the the, uh, the intent to do right. a record like that, I guess. And I was writing all of these words, like chapter beginnings, basically. And uh, I carry acoustic guitar on the road with me, always. And in the rare moment that I was in a hotel room, I was looking at my computer, just like you have yours out. I had mm -hmm. my co computer, my uh, guitar in my lap, and I'm strum strumming E major and a B minor seven chord. And I, I was reading the words to uh, "It's Not Too Late," and it turned out the song "Everybody's Lying." Yeah, I need some truth. Everybody's trying to push you to abuse. Um, and uh, the whole idea of like maybe I'll make that that austere record now. Right. You know, and get these ideas across. Well, I got to tell you, you said a lot of things that I've either like heard people that I respect say like on this album, you know, you've kind of talking about everything. Uh, first of all, the sound of it. I can't remember if I already said this to you or if I said this down on the, on the podcast or if I said it in the driveway as you came up. But like, first of all, the sound of it is, is complete departure from anything that I heard you do in a great way. It's a record that I kind of felt like I wanted to go for a drive when I was listening to it. And it reminded me of, like, um, it's kind of got that timeless vibe to it, which is what I like. And what you're talking about, you talk about everything about the drug epidemic, homelessness. Um, there's that great line in there where you say, uh, go for a walk and find my better man or something like that, which is literally something I've been doing, just trying to deal with, uh, you know, the big demon in my family tree is like rage issues. Right. You know, and just how that way. Yeah. Wears on people. Yeah. It just yeah. wears on people and shit. So um, I, I just through one listen to this really connected. With this stuff, and it's it's kind of the stuff that I've been kind of saying as far as like they're sitting there going after you for a Caitlyn Jenner joke. And meanwhile, you're out there talking to some guy. He's trying to go through a marsh and you're saying a 900 something yards square footage or whatever is disappearing every day. And every once in a while, you'll see some anorexic-looking polar bear, and you're like, I think this is the priority. And they got everybody screaming and yelling at each other about just complete Inane. nonsense. Inane. And then when you go on the road, red state, blue state, this country, that country, I just find everybody is just walking around. You know, they're cool. 
They want to make sure they have enough money for food. They want to find love. It's really basic. It's pretty basic. But then you put it on TV. It's like, ah, everybody's just screaming, acting like the world is ending because of these other fucking issues. And it's like, no, this is the real shit that's happening over here. And I, I don't I don't know. Yeah, I, it's that I, I call it the support the troops like zombie mode. They got everybody in. Which I just love that expression, support the troops. Like, why wouldn't you? You know? So it's like, do you support the troops? There's only one answer. Yes. Of course. And it's like, there you go. But it's almost like a bill where there's all this other shit attached to it. And then that supporting troops makes it like you can't question where you send them, how long they're there, how they're treated when they come back, who's making money, reasons why you go over there. And the second I found, once that kind of took hold, any sort of intelligence discussion went from just support the troops, America. And if you said anything the other way, it's like, oh, you're a socialist. Get the fuck out of here. Here's the, here's the, here's the truth of, of that. <clears throat> um, presidents, kings, queens, war makers have never made a change that's impacted our lives. The people that make the change, do the good, are, are us, Right. Um, my well, friend, what, do you, what do you think about Because World so, War II seems like there was definitely You know obviously that had to happen I mean if yeah. they were going fucking What but was I mean, going I mean, down I mean it had to be stopped So it's at some point like I'm not saying all war is bad Do you feel Do you feel that like, Well I, I was getting to a point actually was like support our troops Like a friend of mine And, and us helping each other right. Instead of like the slogan support your troops You know the, my friend is a mountain climber He's a guy He was this biker guy got a really bad accident Mm -hmm. back is in a cage his foot they're going to chop it off and he decides to climb Everest and he goes through this hell and and it's personal hell he gets to Everest and he climbs it and he's coming back from Everest and he gets on a plane from you know India to Germany to Mannheim and 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 a kid gets on the plane just came back from Afghanistan got his leg blown off went to Walter Reed in in Mannheim You know, and my buddy Tim, this guy, this kid's there at the airport together. He's talking to the guy. He's got a, a, you know, kind of a a temporary prosthetic leg, and Tim's talking to him. He's got a cage around his back, my buddy Tim, Mm -hmm. and his foot's hanging on, you know, by, like, just some glue and stuff. (laughs) And he's talking to this kid, this veteran, a Marine kid. This kid, yeah, the 21 kids. years That's old. That's the thing when you meet him, they're kids. And he's like, what are you going to do? He's like, I, I don't know. Maybe I sit on my mom's couch and even I don't know what to do. You know, so Tim's like, you want to climb the mountain? And he started one guy, but one guy. And he got a bunch of us involved. Mm-hmm. And we helped train these guys, you know. We went, I've done My friend Tim now has got veter- veterans up all seven highest mountains in the world. Legless, wow. armless, uh, one guy missing two legs. They did Kilimanjaro. Two legs missing. So he had a, these little climbing prosthetics for Tim's figured it all out. Like how to, and, and it created this whole now network of these guys who find those hopeless guys who have just gotten back. Right. You know, and they get them into this, this climbing club. Mm-hmm. I call it a gang. Right. Uh, but you know that's how you support your troops. You follow the lead of a friend, uh, 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 like a guy like my friend Tim. You know. Oh, you mean you shouldn't just say that on Twitter? No, and no, then you're like, done. Like so, I hear all this. You hear all <laughs> and that, use a little American flag emoji, it put, and then it you, puts you've done your part. It puts perspective on the like 
the social media side of you know help our, our you know our troops like Tim's just doing it like and a ton of people this is in Hollywood you know people right. are jumping in and helping and doing raising money and these climbs aren't cheap and and coming to help train these guys and that's that's how you do it and that's the America I know not the one I see on the news not the one I see on social yeah. media you know what do you think I remember like when I first like hung out with you hung out with you uh two things that blew me away one you tell a great street joke yeah you do and uh you already you had me laughing in the setup because i mean it was, it was something some joke when some guy went to a hotel and then you just i could see off the top of your head you decided to pick a hotel and you said it was this hotel and you described the architecture as as an aside you already had me laughing and then secondly we were somehow talking about um uh all the, the high-end fashion that women were into. Yeah. Do you remember that? And yeah, I was yeah. just like, I remember as a kid, like I had never heard of Louis Vuitton. And no, if you, no. And, and if on. you wanted to get it, you would be like a total fashion nerd and you'd have to go to like New York City, like uh, Fifth Avenue, I would think. I guess. Or maybe you had to go to Paris. I had no idea. Seattle, they probably didn't have any of that. No. So. And now it's like I was doing some tour through the Deep South and I, I was in somewhere, Alabama, and they had a fucking mall and there was the same bags that you saw like in Paris. And I was like, um, just, I know you're smart with money and shit. It's just like pe just regular people going out and buying, like spending money on bags like that. It was like, sex what, in the city yes. that made that change, dude. Yeah. It your theory totally was, I wa but when that came on and my, my wife's watching all her friends, they're talking about shoes, like Manolo Blahniks. I'm like, what is that? Like, they're shoes, Jimmy Chow shoes and bags yeah. and stuff. And that's when that whole culture changed for American, like, purchasing. Uh, yeah, because you, you know what kills me is I spent, like, I always joke, I spent, like, 15, 20 years in the back of the plane. Someday, by the way, I'm going to buy a fucking headphone cord long enough that I can oh, lean yeah, back in this chair. Oh, yeah, they got extensions for that, Bill Burr. They you can do? go to a guitar center and just get an extension. <laughs> I know. Probably Radio I, Shack, although they don't have that anymore. I know. I, I, I They used to have one right down the street, and I didn't, I didn't go. But... Um, uh, I literally just what I was saying we were talking about the. Did I tell you about my friend though? I love he you. Got he, lives, he lives too. in an Beautiful. apartment down the street from me. Him and his wife. Uh huh. They live in the apartment, and he's become really good friends with his next door neighbor. A guy lives by himself. Uh huh. Guys, they've been friends, really good friends for the past like year and a half. And my friend with his wife, he was uh, watching TV last night in his living room, and gets a text from his next door neighbor. Hey man, I. I'm really sorry. I got to be honest. I've been I've been banging your wife for the last few months, but it, but it's over. I've stopped. So my friend put down his phone. He went in the other room, got a gun, and and shot his wife. And he came back and sat down on the sofa. He's like, "What did I just do? My God!" And his phone buzzes again. It's his his friend next door again. Like, "Oh, sorry, I meant Wi-Fi. Goddamn autos correct." <laughs> There I was go. trying to guess where that was going to go. You, you can cut that out if you want. Huh? Yeah. No, come on, man. You've listened to me play drums. I can listen to you tell a fucking joke. Um, but I, that's what it struck me when I met you. I was like, this guy, like that remind, that's like something a comedian does, like looks at something and just how you, you put it together in like a, like a, with music. But like, I remember when you were saying that to me, I was, I was actually thinking, fuck, why didn't I think of that? Because that would be a killer bit. And because it always like I was saying, oh, now I remember my thought I was I spent like 15 years in the back of the plane. Yes. Working my way up. 
You yep. know, I always say the last row, yeah. then trying to get the exit row, poor man's first oh, yeah. class, that's right? Part, that's actually sometimes can be better. Class, uh, better. Yeah. yeah. And then getting finally getting up to the front. Um, so now I get up to the front. remember walking past the front and it was like, whoa. Yeah, these people. What like, these people do? Yeah, and they'd be on like the phone or they'd be writing shit. They and, own banks and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And, and for those of you still riding in the back, all they do in the front of the plane is just treat you like a human being. They give you a, that's all it is. They just give you a seat that actually fits a human being. They'll come by frequently and ask if you want water or food as opposed to jamming you in the back. So what has struck me over uh, is the amount of people that I've seen that will come on the plane, you know, and you just, you know, a comedian. I just, you know, I'm always like looking at people and stuff and I'll see yeah. somebody come up with a Louis Vuitton bag. I'm like, oh, this person's probably sitting next to me. And you watch them going to the back of the plane yeah. and you just start thinking of like priorities like, as far as, like, I guess the bag, maybe that is worth more. You could sell it. I'm just thinking, like, why the fuck? It's like the person who buys the flashy car before they, they buy a house, and they're still, like, renting. And I think that, like, beyond, since Sex in the City, that now the whole, like, social media, where everybody is, is they're doing their own, like, almost like news cycle spin of, of the I'm crushing it. You hold the camera up so you look like 30% better looking. Right. You got all this money and you just live in like, and all you're doing is, is you're taking snapshots of the coolest parts of your month. Yeah. Not the one where you're fucking crying during a breakup or, or, or uh, you lost your job. None of that shit is on there. So it just kind of makes you feel like everybody is leaving you behind and that you need all of this stuff. And, um, I think we're still learning how, like, it's funny because, I, again, back to my girls, 18 and 21. So we had to, you, you're raising a kid, right? And uh, yeah, I'm a rookie here. Two and a half years. Mm -hmm. Okay, so our kids got to, let's say, seven and ten. Mm -hmm. It's when social media was just starting to, like, be a thing. And so now you got to raise your kids through this social media thing, too. How did you do that, by the way? We had to figure it out. And crushing blows, you know, just school kind of like bully, like, uh, you know, social media bullying from school. Like, okay, girls, you know, it's not real. It's just like they would never say that to your face. So you got to – and then – but but Wait, wait, I lost you there. So they, they, they would be getting bullied on social media? From somebody at school. Right. Like a, a different group of girls or something, you know. And so you have to – you know, the girls are crying or something will happen like that, right? And you have to talk to them like – would they ever say that to your face? No. Okay, so you got to look at this as like kind of a, a pussy's way out, you know? So how does that work the next day at school? It's like they said all that shit, you don't confront them? Like, I don't know how it works with kids today. Yeah, you'll, f you'll figure it out. But I, I think what's happened, like it started off with the bullying, and then, and then these kids became smarter. They're also aware of what's going on outside as well. Mm -hmm. You know, they know that school shootings, way more real to them than than us because right. it's happening and it could happen at school today right right um they're aware of things it's more visceral they're 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 in it they're social media geniuses more than us we we follow dumb shit and like you know you yeah. can't say that yeah, they're yeah, they're yeah. they it's been part of them so now they're, they're weeding it out they're weeding it out and now they're starting to take the piss way more than we can they're mm -hmm. way smarter on social media than we are. And uh, like the Insta life, the Instagram life, you, you, you'll probably see that's more like 
25 and above the people that their Instagram life is fabulous. Right. You know, the, the, the kids younger. This is m my observation. Right. Take it for what you will. No, I'm listening to this because yeah. it's something that worries me. Because I think now, like my daughters and their friends, boys and girls, like we know all of their friends very well. We, we're like the house that the, it's cool to come hang out. Mm -hmm. And um, <clears throat> met some really astounding kids, and and uh, they're taking the piss right now. And they're they're kind of sitting there silently. Did you see Emma Gonzalez ever speak at Parkland? Like th those kids who spoke like through this thing. And then we're smarter than you, you know, right. that is kind of this new generation that's coming up. It's not just Emma Gonzalez and the Parkland kids who kind of stood up and said, OK, hold on a second. Right. We do have something to say. And here it goes. Right. Uh, blown away by their intellect and like, OK, if everybody's as smart as that at 18, we're in good hands. And, and the kids that I observe are, are just like that. And they're just kind of waiting like they're now 18. They can vote. Mm -hmm. um, what are you guys going to do with that? We're going to take over. <laughs> you yeah, know, but doesn't every, doesn't every generation think that? My my problem is, is I I feel like they're like uh, like their hands are like bound. You know what I mean? By the time you get to a certain level as like a a, a politician, like the 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 way the money is set up, like they are they already owe all of these people's favors, and just uh, I don't get, I also don't get why. Where it's like, hey, do you want cleaner drinking water? And everybody goes, yes. And then they, they get to attach all of this other shit to it. I, I, don't, I don't understand. Well, why can't the thing that we're saying yes to just be the thing that you're doing? Because I think we have to do it, not the politician. It's, it's always been that way. We have to do it. Like my friend Tim and his, and his mountain climbing things. We have to do it. Yeah, now that makes sense to me. But being able to like, so if they're saying they're going to take over by doing shit like that, if there's anybody young listening, that's the only way <laughs> I think to make change is uh, is you have to start it and do it at a, at a small level. But if you like I remember when Trump, we became president and he said something like, you know, I'm going to come in here and I'm going to drain the swamp. And I just laughed when I heard that. And it's like, and what do you think they're going to do? Just sit there and be like, well, I guess he got us. It's like no one's going to work with you. If you're saying you're going to go in here and you're, you're going to you're going to expose all uh, like political corruption, um, like at that level, it's just so walled off. Um, I don't know. I, I just kind of got back from Europe and I just felt a weird vibe when I was over there. And I, I forget what country I was in. I was just like, are you guys going to start this shit up again? And it kind of got a weird laugh. And then somebody in the back went, yeah. Like just the vibe over there was it's not the place I went to for the first time 10 years ago right. where now it's just becoming like uh, like look at like fucking Paris. I mean, Jesus Christ, it's like it's a fucking it's like a mosh pit over there every other day, like something crazy like uh, the, the yellow vest protesters. Yeah, the work that and then wage thing. And when I went to Sweden, there was these other people protesting and I was just like, what's going on here? And I talked to a couple people over there who were Muslim and they're just like, yeah, racism's kind of like uh, it's not the way it is in the United States. We have like such a long history of it. So people really like overt with it over here and right. just and I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't want to like tell you what what I saw because your album, I thought no, no, is, no. is really positive and I don't want <laughs> I want to put my awful worldview into it. But I kind of came away from it with the positive of just like, 
look, I'm just going to try to be a better person, try to be cool with the people that are in my life and just try not to be a dick. Because other than that, this stuff is so big and overwhelming. I mean, I think what you just said, that's the answer. You know, I, too, have traveled to European countries that I've gone to since shit, man, before the wall went down, you right. know, many years before the wall and then the wall going down and then, you know, opening up of uh, Czech. Czechoslovakia which became the Czech Republic and right. and seeing like all of this that I remember perestroika and you know the opening up of USSR and, and after that glasnost mm -hmm. and perestroika and then the wall going down and then seeing those countries themselves change Italy and Czech Republic and what's oh what's going on there now you guys were were super stoked and now there's kind of another vibe going on yeah what's that other vibe I've talked to people why know? does that always happen um, there's, I think, you know, I read so much history, so there's cycles, man, like, and, and we've gone through, we're going through a cycle right now. There's, I, I, what I've learned from reading so much history is again, man, the politicians, American politicians, European politicians, they don't change. They run to get into office and right. you're right. There's so many favors to be repaid at that point and you know man of the people or woman of the people that that shit ship is stay sailed by that point um and it's always been like the people that made a change have been just in really small little ways very right. small little ways and that's the positivity that we pick up from other people they you you got to kind of bring it local into your own neighborhood you know if you go out yeah. and try to solve huge problems like i always wondered like I was sitting there thinking, like, what if every, everybody stopped watching the news? Then how would we behave? And it's like, well, before television, there was still all kinds of brutality, <laughs> which then made me think, like, well, then how did they get their view out there? It seemed like back then what they would do is they would send people out to get slaughtered so then they could just be like, did you see what happened? Like, sort of like with the Native Americans where they would just make these treaties like okay we're just going to go to here and then they tell hey people there's free land beyond here and they 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 tell them something then they would go out and get slaughtered and then we had to go get our revenge which was really them just using people to go fight the native americans and then just take more of the land um i i, I don't know i have this odd sort of like i don't know i don't know where i am now with the world fatalistic view. <laughs> it, it's a little bit, but I'm also like super positive locally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I, I'm just kind of like just person to person is a real positive experience for me. But it's why I don't like when you all the school shootings and all that type of stuff. I stopped watching those because what I hate about it is I don't want to know that fucking person's name. And I feel like the same way somebody watches you guys in a band makes them want to be in a band. Yeah. I feel like school shootings are like, that's like keeping up with the Kardashians for psychos. Right. And then they want to watch it. And all those women who young girls who aspire to be like a Kardashian yeah. and all glamorous psychos watch that and go like, Oh, that's, that's what I want to do. I don't disagree with you on anything you just said. I, you know, I don't hear that a lot. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I usually get a lot of pushback yeah, with the um, shit I say. You know, uh, I mean, I've got involved in a few things because the, when I wrote the, when it, if it was going to be a book, mm -hmm. there was going to be a social action involved. 
if it, now that's a, a record, mm -hmm. there's social action involved. Right. And it's small things. Like I got involved. It's homelessness in Seattle's super gnarly. It's super visible like in LA because street camping is legal. Right. RV camping is legal. You can have four grams or under of heroin and not get arrested in Seattle. They tried this social experiment that's not really working. It makes homelessness very visible there. And um, I had a brother-in-law that went through, he was, uh, was my oldest brother-in-law. He ended up homeless on the street. And when I was in punk rock bands and I would see him downtown or near all the sketchy, you know, punk rock clubs and stuff. Um, he's my brother-in-law, man. And this guy is a guy who helped raise me when my dad left. Like my brother-in-law Dexter was, taught me how to run, sprint, and do all this, catch a football and all this stuff. And now I'm seeing him, I'm 17 years old and he's, eyes are yellow jaundice and you know alcoholism and 1983 wow. 82 and and like help try to help dexter out like uh and how he, do you help somebody out in that situation i mean like my friend had a punk rock cl club like hey can my brother-in-law dexter like make some money sweeping up or whatever that's how you help like but he and but he was uh receptive to it dexter yeah yeah, yeah. And, you know, he helped. One time I was downtown and I got surrounded by a group of these dudes who were homeless, you know, street kind of. And suddenly, like, out of nowhere, like, leave that guy alone. It's my brother in law. And there comes Dexter up out of the stairs and, like, you know, night. Yeah. And uh, I, was, I thought I was going to get the shit beat out of me or worse, you know. And, and uh, so he, he looked out after me, too, as well. I'm, we're brother in laws, you know. I was, he was 20-something years my senior. Right. Uh, what is the age difference in, in your siblings? 20. 20 years? So you, are you the baby? Yeah. So I'm 55. My oldest brother, 75. Is that right? Yeah. Wow. So he was born, my oldest brothers and sisters were born during World War II at the Army Yeah, base. because I was, because when I was reading, you know, part an excerpt of your book, it, it was saying how, uh, you know, when you were like in high school, like two of your brothers were in Vietnam, and I was trying to be like, wait a minute, what is yeah. what is what is this, the spread on that? Yeah, so, so there uh, was six. How, how how old were you when they like when your brothers went away, and how long went off to war, and how long were they away at war? I wasn't born yet when my first one went off. Oh, so he was in there right after right after the, yeah, he took over from the France, right? Right. Okay. So like sixty three or sixty four, maybe I was just born. Um, so he went over for you know. So he went in right at 18. Yeah, because there were so many brothers in our family. Mm -hmm. and I think at the beginning of the Vietnam War, there was sort of like still this kind of, well, I'll do my, do my, there's so many brothers and we'll get drafted anyhow, right? I'll be able to choose where I go right. if I, if I sign up. Right. My dad had signed up for World War II. So there was, and my, our grandfather was in World War One, So mm -hmm. there was this kind of thing like, okay, this is what you do. Uh, my second brother, uh, the second oldest brother, Mark, did the same thing. Signed up, thought he could get in the, I'll uh, get in the navy or something, and they, they they put him in the army. And he was in, he was in the shit. He never talked about it ever in his life. Wait, how does that away. work? I I thought if you enlisted, you got to choose. Yeah, well, I think he thought he was able to choose, and I think they needed more people in the, in the army, and they kind of just put him someplace. And he, so he was building like forward, forward. Uh, uh, I know he was building like those forward arm positions 
mm-hmm. you know, and then had to hold it down until they could fill it. Um, he did that for a couple of years. He got his GI Bill, used it, went to school. He's a math genius. Ended up working at Hanford and then at Boeing. He never talked about exp- his experience in the war. He just died of cancer a couple of years ago. He did oh, work sorry. at Hanford for a couple of years, and he was in Vietnam for a couple of years. And the, the doctors, you know, kind of put some oh, things the together. Orange, yeah. You know, but Hanford also nuclear. Oh, I had yeah. I'm not that bright a guy. He, he, it's he, all right. He, he, Hanford's he, a nuclear. You, so, you yeah. need to do that a lot during this podcast. Okay, so like <laughs> Hanford's a nuclear. Kansas or? is yeah. a state, you know. Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, uh, what we anyhow. Uh, so my my brother died downtown Seattle. My brother-in-law Dexter. Uh, Union Gospel Mission was this place where that he used his services. When my sister, that was married to him, she also died just a couple of years ago. Jesus, um, Duff. Sh- yeah. Um, Sorry, man. Yeah. So she, all, she wanted all of her... She died suddenly. Mm-hmm. Um, so we see in her will, like all every like donations or whatever goes to Union Gospel Mission. Like, I better check out this place. My brother-in-law and then my sister and, and uh, seeing homelessness and I do a trip down there to Union Gospel Mission. I've seen it. You know, it's scary it's the things i talk about in the song like yeah i'm not going near there right um but i went in and the first time i went with with my wife and she just had just done a news thing she was all dressed up and <laughs> she's like i want to go i'm like well you're looking pretty you know like uh, you know yeah uh you look like go. you look really you live really indoors and it's like what are you doing here yeah, yeah, but but you know we travel a lot, so we do see a lot, and we, mm-hmm. you know, when we travel as much and see the things we see, we, you grow a, a, a layer of empathy, I guess. Like you're not afraid to go some places because you understand people are pretty much cool everywhere you go, even yeah. if it's that scary homeless guy that's yelling. You know, if you read Ellen Sachs's "The Center Cannot Hold," you understand more about schizophrenia. Like that guy's not screaming at you, he's screaming at something that yeah. he doesn't know. I just went to Israel for the first time, and I thought it was going to be everybody just shooting guns at each other, <laughs> and everybody was just chilling, chilling. It was cool. Yeah, saw yeah, some Palestinian people protesting. They were they were civil, the whole thing. I was like, oh, this is like, and it was right on the Mediterranean Sea. It was like, this is beautiful. It's just not how I pictured it because whenever they show it, it's after something horrible happened. Yeah. Or they, it's like they don't even talk about it over here until something happens. European there. people, if you've noticed, you've traveled to Europe, are terrified to come to the U.S. because what they see is the sh- guns and the shooting and stuff. Oh, like, they think it's I'm the Wild going, West. I'm not going there, <laughs> you know? So it's, it's whatever you perceive something else to be. Right. Um, right. So, so we went to the Union Gospel Mission. They said, you wanna, we're going to go on a run right now. Mm-hmm. A run, what's that? We're going to go into the jungle which is arguably the worst homeless encampment in, in America. In I would think if they called it the jungle, it wasn't going to be something nice. It's been there for a long time. They, these guys have emptied out, emptied out part of it. Um, cops won't go in there. The city, how are they going to go in there without the cops? The cops are like, we're not going in there. Mm-hmm. You know, because they... Uh, so, but these guys from the Union Gospel Mission who have lived in the jungle and now went to rehab and now run the Union Gospel Mission, and we lived here. And they tell me, my point to all of this, they, they, we, I started asking, like, how would people get here? How do people get to that t- 
pants on the street? How do people get to the jungle? Like, whoa. Right. Living in the giant bushes, like underneath the freeway. Like, it's like, well, you know, it's 85% drug and alcohol addiction. Okay. I kind of figured, but there's a number. Okay. Thanks. But like, what? But I was, you know, I mean, my fear of living on the street, even through my, all my addiction and alcohol use, like, kept me off the street. I'd work like, nine times as hard <laughs> to be able to drink Make sure you paid the rent right yeah nine times it's like yeah but the, did you have like abuse as a kid i'm like no yeah did you you know go through foster care no did you get abused multiple times no i didn't none of that because that 85 percent number of drugs and alcohol coincides almost directly with the amount of child abuse that these and the guy I'm talking to I won't say his name right it happened to me right it happened to my brother it happened to this guy right here sitting next to us bad and and we got stuck in this cycle that it took me 50 years of my life to finally get out of I didn't know how I had no means it's amazing because it goes to the, the, the like the, there's a Talinda Bennington Chester's wife since since his untimely mm-hmm. passing, got hooked up this thing, the five signs, the five signs to recognize something's wrong. And, and this starts very young, these five signs. And I think the five signs should be put in like school, right? <laughs> like yes. We have, right? Like, because we yes. remember going to elementary school, there was the guy like, well, that guy's a little rapey. You knew it like in the fifth grade. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> that guy's uh, he's gonna grow up and not gonna be cool with chicks. There's gonna, Ye- something's going yeah. on. He's a little rapey. That guy's a little, you know. You could tell, like, at a young age, like we knew there was some. Well, that guy's weird. Like, yeah, gonna, weird. That's all you had was it weird. He just killed his family's cat. You know. Yeah. I'm staying away from that guy. You know, uh, there's there's signs. You know, as a young kid, and if we had like, and this just starts one person like Talinda started this thing. I'm into it i'm have a propeller thing with my record that you can get involved i'm going to make t-shirts for my tour that have the five signs on the back of it oh that's great you Look, know, you're doing something po- all i do is come on the podcast and bitch about shit you're actually doing something about it that's com- do, commendable getting fans involved and like if we can just like one person at a time um you know it, it doesn't start with the you know sure you hear about a guy getting radicalized on the, on the facebook and it wants, goes and shoots up someplace but sure what allowed that guy to get radicalized on some? <laughs> right. <laughs> the, the well, just what you said there about the jungle, right? Yeah. Which I know everybody is going to give me shit for not bringing up your song that I'm not going to do. Well, they had a the sign that said no trespass. They have at the Union Gospel Mission. It's great. It's this no trespassing sign. Uh-huh. And somebody back in the day, 80s, right. late 80s, spray painted like gang writing. Welcome to the jungle. And yeah. that was a sign to get into the, to the jungle. Wow, and they have. I took a picture of it. But I'm, I'm, yeah. <laughs> I'm saying like how that. If I was to drive by that, not having not talked to you, mm-hmm. my first thought would be, you know, I want, I got to get the fuck out of here. Yeah, I'm not saying it still wouldn't be. I would be afraid, but I would. I'm now seeing those people is like, that's some. That's those are hurt kids grown up, which humanizes them as opposed to looking at it like. Because I have to be honest with you, like, I see a lot of homeless people out here in L.A., and there's that thing where you, like, I definitely, you know, as much of an asshole as I am, I am empathetic, and I and I do want to try to help out, but it's just, 
how to go in and approach without getting fucked up. Like, I just went by a drugstore the other day, and this actually, I almost said something to this kid. There was a guy, clearly, so many people have just, like, like mental problems. Right. You know? Right. And this guy was just, like, he was do- going on some, you know, schizophrenic fucking riff about... uh Something about hobbits or something. And, and it, the way he was moving, it freaked me out and this younger kid out. And at some point, we both kind of heard what he was saying, which was comical on a base level if he wasn't living the life he was living. But then I saw the younger kid start smiling, and then he takes his phone out to film him. Right. And I'm just looking at like, dude, this is like because they shut down mental hospitals is now going to become your content for your Instagram page. And I almost said something to him. Um, but then there was just like, all right, haven't I watched shit like that on YouTube? Now I'm kind of a hypocrite because I, I mean, remember when bum fights first came out. Remember that? Yeah. These guys would pay bums to beat the shit out of each other. And I was the age I was at. I was way too old to find that funny, but I was also still trying to find my voice as a comedian. And there was that whole thing amongst comics where like, you know, you, you, you got to like, you can't be soft. Everything's right. got to be funny. So I watched that on an entertainment level. So I just I quickly was just like, all right, well, I'm going to be a parent to this 20 something year old. I'll feel like a fucking hypocrite. And I didn't say anything. But my my problem is, is I always go to anger. And what I should have went to was more like, hey, man, this guy's he's, his life is hard enough, man. You don't need to blow him. I, I should have gone like that. And it's, yeah. But my default emotion would be like, you know, hey, fuckhead. You know, this guy, you know, I would, you know, and right. who listens after Hey Fuckhead? Who True. listens to your point? <laughs> True. <laughs> Yo, my friend. Yes. Come, come on. Excuse me, fellow American. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I read this. You, you talk about the guy yelling himself. And I mean, we could go on forever, Bill. I, I tell you, I, I like there's levity in this and, and there's hope like in the record that. that, that That's that what I, I liked. There, there, there is. But I read I read a lot in, in this this book i brought it up earlier the center cannot hold was written by this woman she's currently the head of school psychology at usc mm-hmm. if you've heard we've heard of this school it's a big school i hear about uh, them when they win championships and scandals all that stuff <laughs> but she she's a schizophrenic and okay. she wrote this book she didn't admit it to she would live this like kind of solo life until right. she was 50. she's schizophrenic and wrote a book was it I mean, she's the, head the of obvious she's joke there is it was it uneven. No, she's, she's 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 brilliant, but okay. but to start her story, you know, she's she she gets scholarships to Cambridge and Yale Law and all of this stuff. Meanwhile, going off on these schizophrenic tirades of like I've killed a million people and a million people have killed me. I've been killed a million times, and her friends thought, and then they would like, what are you? What's going on? Oh, I was joking, like. Ugh. But it she was able to contain it like that. She went into a, a hospital in England for a year. The, but over there, the a professor recognized what was going on. She's brilliant. No, she's brilliant. He put her in this place. They don't chain you down in the mental hospitals. In, they in use the Velcro. UK. They don't. They actually don't. <laughs> uh, but she got she had a her stories. You should just read the book. But I wanted to tell you about her beginnings of that, like. She, when she was nine or ten, she always thought there was a man outside their door at night. And she's like, well, what What nine or ten-year-old kid doesn't kind of think that? Like, right. it's a boogeyman. 
And she's like 15, 16 walking home from high school. The houses would talk to her. But everybody Jesus. else seems to be handling it well, right? The houses must be talking to everybody. They're talking to me. But I'm looking at other kids on the street. They're not freaking out on it. So I'll just, I won't either. I'll just hold it in. And it progressed wow. and progressed and progressed to where she was on the roof of at Villanova when doing an undergraduate screaming and, you know, blacked out, like screaming, I've killed a million people and I've been killed a million times. And I was going to ask, so she doesn't remember saying that. Some of it she does. Right. She thought it was very real, very real. She would have these moments where suddenly it all came to her like, oh, I've killed. But she would, she also writes in there, I would never have harmed anybody. That's what's so misunderstood. Like schizophrenia means a, a million different things, but they put a label on sort of one thing just to kind of get it in a group. But I, I read this book all the way to its end. She's now 60 maybe or something. She's a head of school of psychology at USC. And I drove past a guy on Sunset and Vine. He's on the corner screaming, shouting mm -hmm. the top of his lungs like the guy you saw in the 7-Eleven parking lot or wherever it was. Right. I suddenly had empathy for him. I understood it a lot more. And I think um, uh, reading and educating yourself, if you're interested in your fellow man and it's just right. interested in how we've gotten here and what's in the future and cycles of things. I just read a lot. And it's so interesting. And like even current administrations don't bother me because it just passes, you know, and <laughs> we go to Europe I, and stuff. I, we see how administrations affect other countries, how they think about us. You know, there was, I mean, we've been traveling through a few wars, you know. Uh, I don't travel the way, like, I, I I do little quick little runs. You guys. We go and like live you, there. Yeah, we're yeah. there. Um, yeah, we've been traveling there and, and staying in Europe. We go there and stay for three How did you, months. like, when, when you guys were, it always blows my mind. I understand, like, when you get to a certain level, you can afford a business manager who can handle your mail and your bills and all of that shit. When you were coming up and you're just torn around in a van. Yeah. Okay. And there's taxes to be paid and there's On the cable. What? and the, Yeah. Like, so <laughs> what do you want money? So, like, you guys. Oh yeah, so it's just the sheer. So you're basically homeless. You're living on in, floors, in the, in, man. Yeah, you 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 know like, I always I would had such just because my parents grew up in the, in the depression, so I grew up with depression era values. Like we'd hear these horror stories of the depression. Like mm -hmm. I'm never. There was one time on, I was 18 years old. I was on a punk rock tour. I was starving, literally shaking, starving. And a guy said, you can go down to the, I'd had jobs as cooks, I'd paid tax, I'd done construction, I've done every kind of job. There was this tour, I had to stop for two weeks my construction job and go on tour. I didn't have any money, I had an apartment, right. I paid this, you know, the tax you pay, you pay out of your, they take it out of your paycheck, you know. Uh -huh. um, but I was starving, penniless and starving in San Francisco. And they said, you can go down to the, get emergency food stamps but I was so hungry I didn't have a choice I wasn't going to fucking panhandle I wasn't I didn't have it I don't there was no safety net in my right. family you know like you can't what hey mom wire me some cash my mom didn't have any money you know <laughs> uh, so I went to this line and it and I, maybe it happened for a reason I went to this welfare line and you can get $80 in 
emergency food stamps, and it was women with babies, you know. Ugh. And there's me. I'm an able-bodied, you know, 18-year-old, but I'm fucking starving, man. If I didn't eat, I hadn't eaten for like three days, you know, and I just needed something to eat. So I waited there, and I got the, and I, I went into a store, and I bought a bunch of, like a loaf of bread and some bologna and some cheese, and I still, so I still had like $70 of food stamps. I, I, say, gave, I gave 75 it, bucks left. Yeah, so I gave the, <laughs> I gave the food stamps to, to a woman that was in the store, and want these and I never that experience like I'm never going to be homeless I'm never going to be homeless like and I don't want to I, I paid that back that 10 bucks I got from the welfare yeah. a million times I overpaid you know my, my taxes and everything but how you know later on when I started making money and stuff like I and getting mail so you have to have an address for that yeah. I guess right so you know uh I got a buddy of mine, a comedian. He actually, he's so living out in the woods, he tried to legally see if he could stop getting mail. Ooh. And just like, he just, that's the level that he wants to just not be involved. And they were like, no, you have to, you have to have a mailing address. It's like, we kind of have to know where you are just in case you, you do some crazy shit. We know where to start looking for you, I guess. Um, I, I went down that, you know, like 10 years ago, I got totally into like conspiracy theory and shit. And I was buying like fucking powdered food and all. That's how I ended up learning how to fly a helicopter. Because I got so fucking scared of living out here. Like what happens when the dollar collapses and the shit hits the fan? How the fuck do you get out? It takes like nine hours to get out of here even when it works. And up and out was the only way. I never took into consideration how expensive a fucking helicopter was. And you can't land it anywhere. But so. you took the la- You know how to fly one? Yeah. That's not an easy thing to do. It, it It's no... Flying, it's not hard. It's all the shit you need to know so you don't fuck up when you're up there. That's it's the the ground school, is 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 the hard part. But like you know, I mean, if you can drive a stick shift, you know, I mean, it's like four stick shifts at once, isn't it? No, no, not. Yeah, it's it's this this is up and down. Yeah. This here is where you want to go. He's moving his hand. Yeah, yeah. So down. like the emergency brake. He's pulling if, his hand if, up and if down. If you want to go up, you to go the radio like this. Listener right now, yeah. you can't see this. Yeah. What he's doing? <laughs> if you want to go down, you go like that. He just went down with his hand. And then the cyclic, the stick between your yeah. legs. You just kind of, you know, whichever way you want to go, like a steering wheel. And then uh, yeah, I can fly a helicopter now. You just show me how to do that. That's basically it. Well, you if you're ever in a helicopter, well, then you just got your pedals that kind of keeps your ass and your nose where you want it to be. I mean, it's very it, putting it all together is a little about patting your head, rubbing your stomach, but. You know, I when you know you play bass and can be singing like in the what do they call that? Uh, like a um, polyrhythmic thing. kind of thing. Yeah. yeah, where it's like I always wondered how the guys play can play guitar and sing where it's like the phrasing is different. It's like one stings stuff. Yeah, like yeah, you you that takes a lot of practice. Yes, that so stuff, it does. but that is way fucking lie. harder. That is way fucking harder. Than the helicopter. Okay. Helicopter's more the fear. Like, am I going to fucking kill myself? That's... Indeed. Yeah, you don't think that playing bass, singing songs, When I was I getting think. really hammered, I wanted... I was, I mean, the best idea was my friend talking me out of it. This is like 91. Right. Height of my drink in 92. I'm going to learn how to drive... Get, I'm going to get a helicopter. Yeah. And my friend's like, <laughs> not a good idea. No, oh, man, we can go up to... Lake Arrowhead, Big Bear. Fucking 10 minutes, yeah. Like 10 minutes, man. Fuck traffic. Yeah, probably not a good idea. 
What was your drink of choice? You, you got like 18 guns. You think the mailman's going to, you know, probably oh, not you, a good idea. You, yeah, I was paranoid. and like. What was your drink of choice? Oh, I had everything. What do you got? But my oh. drink of choice was just straight vodka. Straight vodka. I was. Yeah. I, I quit drinking uh, last November. I still have some bottles of booze here because they're high-end shit, and I'm not throwing them out. And I'm also not giving them away. They, I just keep them when special friends come by or whatever. I, I have them, but I... I uh, I'm more of a, I was a whiskey bourbon guy. Yeah, and, that would uh, work too. Yeah, and I, and I started buying the high-end stuff, so then you don't think you're, you're kind of a drunk. You just think, you're, I'm a connoisseur, right? But I'm more of a, I'm just a binge drinker because I went to a couple AA meetings and like the fucking stories there, I was just like, my jaw was on the ground. Yeah. And they're like, Bill, do you want to share? I was like, I can't fucking follow this. <laughs> <laughs> you think of it as a bit yeah like yeah. dude I, I don't have any like i mean i come home my wife yells at me come to bed and i fa i fall asleep and wake up and sports centers on i mean that's about as bad as it got um i was just doing it too much uh yeah. i just i kind of learned like i keep saying this on my podcast because i hope you know because some people i think are like me and you can kind of i kind of like if if a doctor saw how much i was drinking would say you're an alcoholic mm -hmm. and it's it's kind of like a lot of people don't realize that just 30 pounds overweight you know, your height is in there, too. But, like, if you're about my size, 5'9", five, 5'10", five, if you're 30 pounds overweight, you're obese. People think obese is like, you know, your fucking thighs are rubbing together and you're wearing rayon slacks and nobody wants to bang you. Right. It's just like, no, it's just, <laughs> it's just 30 pounds. And I learned that from my buddy who's about my size, and he went up to a buck 95 and he went in for a physical, and the guy was like, look, I'm not going to write you up, but just to let you know, you're five pounds over. And he was just like, write me up for what? And he was like being obese. And like it, it blew his mind, blew my mind too, but not as much as him because he was actually being called obese. But um, I just saw a thing on. I, so I do watch news. I watch local morning news in Seattle. Right. And here in L.A. OK. There was actually a story. So it's just like local stuff. Right. right. You don't get the. And I pick what news station I, I watch just as local Stuff. I want the weather, you right. know, like maybe a little story about something. Yeah, some local. old lady who jars her own jam in the end makes Whatever, you feel good. you know. Rescued a dog. Uh, but there was a story on the news this morning, talking about obesity, and it, uh, one of Rear Admiral somebody mm -hmm. came out today and said uh, a majority of American kids wouldn't qualify for the military today because of obesity. And right. mental issue. I was like, what? what? I rewound the story. <laughs> Did I just hear that right? <laughs> and he went on to say they, w they wouldn't wouldn't be able to do like regular just jobs or or college. It was a, it just reminded me of the thing you said about obesity. I'll have to look into that more. I thought you would. Yeah, you was also talking like physical. I saw a thing about like some school between here and like San Diego. Like way back in the day, I, th I can't remember if they came up with the president's was it that physical oh, fitness yeah. thing? We, I did that as a kid. Yeah, as a kid. Like, they probably don't do this now because it makes kids feel bad about themselves. But there used to be this thing called the, the, the president's physical fitness test. Yeah. And you had to be able to do a certain amount of push-ups in a minute, mm -hmm. sit-ups. Yep. And the one that blew my mind was a pull-up because I had never done a pull-up. And right. if you've never done a pull-up, you can barely do one because you never use those muscles. Right. Like, for some reason, a chin-up, I guess, because you're picking stuff up and you're using your bicep. I think you could not pass one of them. And yeah. still be okay, right? So if it was pull-up was your weakness 
or push up. I think you could not pass one. Yeah. I remember doing that every year as a kid. 30, 30 sit-ups in a, in a minute. I've think. been doing pull-ups ever since until until I fucked up my shoulder. Now I, I've been for the last two years. I had a, I had a bet with my buddy, two hundred bucks that when I'm seventy I'll be able to do ten of them. And right after I made the bet, I don't. My wife showed me some one of her CrossFit fucking exercises, and I was trying to do it, and I just felt this pinch, and I had this oh, no. rotator cuff issue. Oh no! I know. So now I don't know. I don't know what I got to do here. So I'm I'm taking a few months off. Yeah, it's those little. Uh so it's a little stabbing, just a little pinch. You're like, yep. uh, now I'm 55. I'll get, I'll get a little pinch where when I was 30-something, uh -huh. it would just be a little pinch. Yeah, shake now, it off. Like that little pinch, I think I just bulged my disc in my L4, L5. Do you Pretty gotta, sure. You got to get like a Jedi masseuse. That's what yeah. I ended up finding. Somebody hooked me up with somebody. I had a sciatic nerve issue. And she, I remember I was in my left leg that was fucked up. And she just sat there listening to me for like a half hour asking me questions. And I was going like, the fuck are we doing here? She goes, all right, let's go. And then she took me in back. It was my left leg where I was feeling pain. She started with my right shoulder. Mm. And I was thinking, all right, either she doesn't know what she's doing or she's at some Jedi level. And it turned out, fortunately, it was the, the Jedi level. And uh, I just threw all the years of playing sports. It was fucked because the, when the, the pain takes you back to when, like, you ever see, I, I, I'm pasty as hell. So I, I'll get, like, bruises on me. My wife would be like, what happened? And I'll be like, I don't know. And what I do is I push on it. And, her, oh, yeah, yeah, I was walking through and I banged into the door. It's fucking weird. So she was doing that with my leg and it was like the history of my life. Like, oh, my brother used to give me Charlie horses. Oh, I used to play pickup hockey and not wear any gear. Right. And I fell on my fucking leg and she went all the way. Like, it took like three months. Dude, I was like coming. So you relived your life in that The in painful that moments. Yeah, yeah, it was great. No, 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 this was three months. Okay. Three months of slowly... She was like, there's three levels of your muscle. We're on the surface. And then I was psyched that we got to the mid. But every time she would start a new layer, like, dude, I'm telling you, I was like coming yeah. up off the table. Yeah. And she was like, give me numbers. Give me numbers. And I was like, I'd be like, all right. I was like, six, six. And she goes, well, you're Irish. So that's probably an eight. <laughs> that's exactly. just, you guys can't fucking, you know, communicate like pain or shit like that. So, um, dude, we've talked for almost like an hour. And I haven't even talked about like the over an hour. Jesus Christ. The, the how great the album. What's the name of the album? Is it Tenderness? It's called Tenderness. Yeah. Tenderness. And so I, I wrote these songs. We did begin with this. I, I wrote these songs on, on the road uh, right. during this tour. All my observations were going down. I, again, I was at, a, at peace with like uh, my old bandmates and, and you know, brothers, really. And, and um, I was able to observe. And I, and I, I got them to thank Bert for that, being in that, being in that place. And and my wife, of course, and, and my, my kids growing up into like the, these strong young women. I wasn't worrying so much about ah, right. every day your kid at school and this and that. And I was just really observing and living life. Being adults, like you, you saw us, I was traveling just like my wife would come with me. Like we're yeah. traveling, we're not worrying about the kids at home. We're like the, got this next level. And um, kids are on their own. They're cool. Uh, we're going to go out and together and see stuff and and have some fun and and i was able to go and talk to just a ton of people not only just so how did you put how did you put together who's who's sing who sings on this i did that's your voice yeah what yeah so i had a i i've sang for a long time this is the first time i sang like in a lower register um but the, so i wrote these songs um 
You got, got an L.A. show? I got to see. That. I know yeah. I'm going to be. I'm, I got an acting gig in New York this summer. I heard. Are you going to be? Your wife told me. Because my wife yeah. instructed me to, to set up something with you guys. And then the first thing your wife said, are you guys coming to New York at all this summer? Yeah. When do you leave? Uh, Can you say that on there? No, because no. there's okay. too many weirdos. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we'll talk about it later. <laughs> as soon as I said that, I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I already said I probably shouldn't have said that I'm going to be in New York, but mm. it's, a, it's a big enough place. New York State. Uh, yes, Albany. Yeah, Albany. I'm, I'm going to be in, uh, yeah. Little couple Johns down in Poughkeepsie. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, Lake Ontario. I'll be up there yeah, at the Playhouse. Lakes. It's at, beautiful up there, by the way. Um, have you ever looked at a map and just started like, I, I wish I did that from the beginning of my career, all the little towns and, and then colored in all the roads that I've been on. Oh, I wish I would have done that. Because I would think like as much the way musicians travel and certainly, uh, I mean, I think that's how I got the sciatic nerve thing. I think it was all those years of sitting in a fucking car and this leg not moving and my yeah. knee got fucked up just being in this stationary yeah, position. Yeah, we'll, we'll screw you up. Yeah, not, not uh, stretch or anything like that. But I always wished, you know, it was a big thing for me when I finally did, I got all 50 states. Wyoming was the last one. And I didn't have a good show. Oh, wow. I think I weirded them out. I came out. I was excited to be there. And they would just... You know, like the vibe of your this album that you have. Yeah. That's sort of like, you know, uh, that was their vibe. And I came out more <laughs> like whatever you guys close with. with Was it Paradise City? Yeah. You know, you came, came out on. 10. I, I, I came out with that and they were like, the fuck's with this guy. And then I was thinking like, what are these? Just a bunch of country hillbillies or whatever. And then I went to their local club the dance club or whatever and splash watering holes like all in one area and i went there and there was like troops there there were gays couples there it was super hip and yeah. it was just yeah it was like all totally mixed up yeah. and i was just like that was that moment of like oh i was the asshole yeah, 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 yeah. i was the uh, i was thinking like what'd you all just get off your fucking ranch yeah and it's just like no man we came out here to laugh and you fucking came out with like steam coming out of your ears it wasn't a really bad show but it was uh it, i i I never st hey, we, stopped we all, and addressed it. Was all I needed to say. Like, am I freaking all, you guys out? You know, I never did that. We all prejudge. All right. Don't feel bad about it. All right. Uh, the, the map we were talking. Oh, so Shooter, um, uh, I wrote these songs. I, I, I put them on. I, all my crappy demos are on GarageBand on my Mac, right? Uh -huh. And I back them up by sending them a copy to, to my manager. So that's my backup hard drive, right? So I have, like, and I might send it to my wife. So I have like two backup hard drives of my crappy demos. How is she as far as like when you, because I bounce jokes off of Nia and she's kind of like, she's so honest that like I, I kind of use her as like, all right, if, if I can make her laugh because her dad managed comedians so she grew up around comics. Is, right. you, is your wife like that with music? Well, she's from Ohio. So she, right. she has this very, like, you know if she's like, I, I like that. You know, that's like, okay, that kind of covers like a pretty big area. Mm. She'll be, if she doesn't like, like my band Loaded, super hard, my adult punk rock band. Right. She'd be like, whoa. She wouldn't say like, but it, uh, super, you know, <laughs> aggressive. Uh, but, uh, but, but if I tell her There's joke, so much in that. Whoa. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah hey. Hey. I like, sleep. Okay, well, I this, sleep next to that guy. This Jesus. will appeal to like just a very small group. I'm I'm pretty sure just by my wife's reaction. Um, this this <laughs> record, however, like she, 
her her reaction to these songs and she knew she was with me experiencing all this stuff so she knew where the words were coming from she was just finishing her novel at the time when we were traveling so she was writing a lot and and um my manager when i said i think i just want to make that that austere record now and mm -hmm. he said i think uh i'm gonna look for somebody to uh to work with and he said he goes what about shooter and Shooter Jennings is a guy I've known since he moved here in 2001. He was in a he was 21. He was in a band that opened for my band Loaded. Right. Uh, they were called Stargun, and they're you know like I think you could still to this day I can there's, there's ten young musicians I can pick out that one that's gonna be the lifer. The other nine are just kind of like that back. That's fine. I can do that with comedians. Right. Same I can thing. see a comic on an open mic and be like, all right, if that person's. I can more be like as far as potential. Right. Like I can see like that if that person it's just something about they have that vibe and i'll meet people after shows and they won't say i'm a comedian they'll just have this vibe i'll be like are you a comic they'll be like yeah i was like yeah you, you seem like you seem like one it yeah. always makes them stand up a little bit because i can see that awkwardness sort of like looking down kind of i can't even describe the comedian young the also. young comedian vibe though dude i'm a shit and dick joke jackass but they like they there's there's a social awkwardness, a unique social awkwardness that a comedian has. I've seen it. I've yeah. gone back to that back bar at the at the comedy store when like like that's just for the talent yeah. or whatever. Yeah, that's yeah, a weird room sometimes. That's a it's a because it's a very the comedy store has always been a very transient place. Yeah, where if you it was one of those places I, I shouldn't I I'm not gonna say it I'll okay, say it because like, it. it's just yeah. one of those things people pass through. Sometimes the things in your head, Bill, don't have to come out of your mouth. I know. Yeah. I know. You're right. But we, I I, uh, I usually so only do like an hour, an hour and 15 in, and I just want to make sure that we, we yeah. say all the, uh, so the shooter, important I, stuff. Where, where, can we, where can we get the album and all that? We haven't even said that yet. Okay. I'm just hearing your manager tearing his fucking hair out. Yeah. Uh, where, where can they, they can download this? Uh, yeah, I mean, there's vinyl records coming out, actual vinyl it. records. I got can, a stereo right over there. There you go. Uh, it comes out May 31st. Uh, it's called Tenderness. Uh, it's on Universal Music. Uh, they've been wonderful about my social mm -hmm. action with this thing. And, um, yeah, we start touring in Philly in, on May 30th, the day before the record comes out. Okay. So hopefully, like, the in two days after, I feel it would be, like, three people, like, yeah. What are you doing? Yeah. And then the next day, you know, <laughs> so hopefully by the time we get to New York, June 3rd, we're playing Irving Plaza there. Some people will know the song. Oh, I get it. Um, Chicago, Nashville, Austin, up, up the West Coast. And then uh, Guns is doing some stuff. That's my main priority. And mm -hmm. this is this is this is not an ego project. This is not anything close to it. It's it's something. No, this I is a legit important. album. I love it. Important. And it's important. The topics are important. Want my daughters to know, like, what did you do when, you right. know? And this is my little piece of what what I did when, and it's getting active and and talking about stuff openly and and kind of like assuring people. I read, you know, these things you might be worried about, they're gonna pass, but we got to be in this together, just like after nine eleven, you know, and just like when America's been great, you know, the hurricane two years ago in Houston the fires in California. We come together. We don't ask who the fuck you vote for. We right. come together and we help, you know? And that's the America I choose to uh, see. And, the, the, and acknowledge, the, yeah, as opposed to that crazy shit on TV. Yeah, fuck that. Turn it off, yes. man. Yes. 
Turn That's what I did. Yeah. And I don't even know. Like, It's kind of fun walking around. I feel like a crazy old person. But um, anyways, I absolutely love the album. It's called Tenderness. It's on iTunes for uh, you oh, youngsters. Yeah, yeah, all that stuff. Yeah, all yeah. all yeah. those areas where you can get it. Please pay for the album. And if you don't, because uh, I was joking with Duff earlier. I hate when people like they send you the fucking emails being like, I downloaded it illegally. Ha ha ha. But just want to let you know I enjoyed it. And it's just like. Man, it doesn't matter what stands-up specials anymore, I guess, at this point, because I'm not selling my fucking DVDs. But anyways, the great Duff McKagan's got a new uh, album out called Tenderness. Comes out May 31st. He'll be on in uh, Philly. Philly, D.C., Boston, New York, Chicago, Nashville, Austin, Los Angeles, San Francisco, Portland, Seattle. There you go. Check him out on the road and check out his new album. There's better days it all behind you Nothing left to say It's all been shot through Never look back Don't look behind you We're all done getting food Look up, the sky's blue Never look back In my blind view We all want the truth We all want something new Never look back It will find you It's getting better soon the light is coming through Never look back Don't look behind you Our tenderness is true Hey, what's going on? It's Bill Burr, and it's the Monday Morning Podcast for Monday, May 16th, 2011. Another beautiful week in the month of May. Has the nice weather hit you yet? Go outside, Cheryl. It's so fucking nice out. Oh, my God. I was out there in my fucking flip-flops. I had on a wife. Beta! My fucking left titty was hanging out, right? And I went down. I went down to the fucking post office. I saw Kevin. I saw Mark. Um, I am beyond punch drunk. I, uh, I'm in the midst of a two-week absolute fucking terror. Of a travel schedule. Um, basically, in 15 days, I have six flights. All right? I just paused there so all my travelers out there could, could just go, Ugh. Dude, what the fuck? Yes. Six flights. Six flights. It was seven, but then something worked out, uh, worked out where I uh, stayed an extra day when I was shooting an episode of Glee. I really hope you guys like my episodes of Glee because uh, I was getting a little self-conscious with some of the shit that they were sending, uh, making me wear, by the way. And this is just an acting gig. This has nothing to do with me as a comedian, all right? So I don't want to hear, dude, you're fucking sold out. It has nothing to do with my acting. I mean, my, my, <laughs> my stand-up comedy that I'm on that show. All I can say is I'm glad that I stopped boozing because uh, I'm not going to say I was wearing a half shirt, but let's just say my shirt didn't quite reach my jeans. You know, the, the sizes run a little bit small over there. But anyways, 
anyways, yeah, we were shooting out in fucking New Mexico for this that that Pee Wee Herman thing that we were doing, the Mexican hat dance little th- little number there. This business is so fucked, right? So I basically last week I went L.A. to New Mexico, New Mexico to uh, fucking Washington D.C. And then back to LAX. And like an asshole. Here's a little travel tip for all you peoples out there. For those of you who don't follow me on Twitter. um, When you fly into D.C., do yourself a favor. Fly into Ronald Reagan Airport. Reagan. That's the one you want to fly into. Don't fly in to Washington Dulles. Do not. Repeat. Do not. Fly into Washington Dulles. I don't give a fuck how much you save, all right? It's a fucking $60 cab ride. It's like, it's, I don't know what to say. It'd be like if you were flying to New York City and you flew into Islip instead at 5 o'clock and hit fucking rush hour. I forget it every goddamn time I go to D.C., every fucking time. And even as I'm landing, I'm going, yeah, it's kind of like a half, isn't it like a half-hour cab ride? No. It's like a fucking 50-minute cab ride, and that's with no traffic whatsoever so do yourself a favor do that fly into reagan you come right in you goddamn buzz the fucking white house you know federal reserves right down the street and uh you land you're right fucking there and everything is all good but for the love of god do not i repeat do not go to washington dulles it is a motherfucker all right Fly into Washington, Dulles, if you actually want to go to Philadelphia. That, that would be my suggestion. But other than that, it, it's a nightmare. So this week, I got the second half of that episode. So this week, I fly L.A. to Mexico, Al- Albuquerque, New Mexico. And then I fly Albuquerque, New Mexico to New York City. I do four days at Caroline's Comedy Club. And then I fly all the way back across the country on Monday. All right? And then guess what? I'm fucking out in L.A. for a week, and then I'm on vacation. Vacation. Just like Axel fucking Foley. Vacation. I am on vacation. I'm getting my fucking Mumford fucking sweatshirt out, and fuck everybody. I'm going on vacation, all right? I'm going up to a goddamn lake. I'm putting my little tootsies in the fucking water, hanging there with Nito and my fucking dog, and I'm not doing shit. I'm going to go on YouTube, learn how to fish, because I grew up in the goddamn suburbs. I don't even know how to do that. So feel free to send me some emails. Dude, oh my God, you don't know how to fish? Uh." No, I don't. I don't. That's like me saying to you, you didn't know it was an express train, you fucking moron? Stay off the middle platform, you idiot. It's fucking easy, right? Is that a way to teach? Am I peeking on my levels here? God damn it. I swear to God, in this upcoming year, I am going to get somebody to help me with my mixer. Um, By the way, speaking of which, um, if you want to send me any emails, all right? You want some advice from me? I don't know why you would. I know why you would, because you're not going to take it, but you like the way I, I give out advice. You're like, wow, at least I'm not as dumb as him in my own fucked up way. I make you feel better about yourself, right? If you want to send me a list of underrated, overrated... And uh, yada, 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 all that bullshit. You go to the mmpodcast.com and uh, you send all the emails to that fucking thing. Is that what it is? Well, all the, all the, sh- I don't know, all the shit's on the mm podcast. My fucking, 
the gentleman who helps me with this podcast, he just must be tearing his fucking hair out right now. Just like, really, Bill? How many fucking times have I told you what the goddamn email is and you don't even have the decency to get? Can you get it right one week? How about that? Can you get it right one week? Well, as I'm looking this up, people, um, I have a new donation button for those of you who uh, are new to the podcast. My, my fucking numbers have been going through the roof lately. Just making me feel good. Makes me feel good about myself. Uh, I actually have a donation button. All right? Whatever you want to donate. If you go to the mmpodcast.com, it's on the right-hand side. There's a button right underneath the, the Twitter and the Facebook button. And uh, you just fucking click on that bitch, And you make a goddamn donation. Whatever you want to donate. I don't give a shit. Actually, I do give a shit. Give me as much fucking money as you can. How about that? Um, oh, you fucking bastard. Where is this information? I'm the worst. I really am the worst. Why do you guys listen to this shit? Is, is, this, is this the fucking entertaining part where Bill makes you feel smarter? Huh? Ah, go fuck yourself. Whatever. Go to the mmpodcast.com. I'm sure they have the link there. <laughs> See, and I wonder. I have the balls to wonder. I have the balls to sit there and watch TV and be like, why, why, aren't, I, why aren't I where that guy is? You know, because you disorganize, Bill, and you stutter. Other than that, you should be taking this business by fucking storm. Um, all right. So what are we going to talk about this week? Let's talk about my fucking unbelievable weekend. I, um, I got to work with Jim Norton, Jim Brewer, and Dave Attell at the Constitution Hall. I told you guys that. Eddie Murphy, speaking of Axel Foley and Mumford Sweatshirts, uh, he did Delirious there. Chris Rock did Bring the Pain. Only two of the greatest specials of all fucking time. Um, I got to perform on that stage, man. And I, I can't even tell you. I, I can't even explain it. It'd be like, you guys, you ever do that shit? You ever get, take a tour of like a, a, a baseball stadium and they let you down on the field for half a second? You can't fucking believe you're down there. It was the same thing. It was a stand-up version of that. I, as I was doing my set, I was kind of looking around the stage and I'm like, you know, Ah, right there. That's where he dropped the microphone when he said it's hot up here and somebody said, take your clothes off. And he dropped the mic and laughed. Remember that? Walking away. I could barely concentrate on my act. I had all I could do to not say goony goo goo. Huh? Gus, your wife is a fucking Bigfoot, Gus. Why the fuck didn't I think to say that? Just out of nowhere. Just to see if anybody would have got it. Uh, But anyways, I had a great time out there in D.C. as always. Popped into the improv. I did a quick little guest spot. I saw my good friend from back in the day, Bob fucking Molly, beast of a comic that I started out with, and uh, I had a great—I just had a great time out there. Everybody crushed as always, and uh, we actually went over to the Pentagon, all four of us, and we uh, went in there. And we met uh, wound, the wounded warriors, the, the, the men and women over went over to Iraq and Afghanistan and got hurt. We got to talk to them. We gave them some tickets to come out to the show. And I got to tell you something, meeting those soldiers, you know, everybody over there, just the way they look you in the eye. Yes, sir. No, sir. All that. I don't think I've ever felt like such a piece of shit as a human being in my life. I was just like, I have no discipline. I just, you know, I don't sit up straight. These guys, they were just kicking my ass straight across the fucking board and um, I really realized what a uh, pathetically insignificant life I'm leading. <laughs> These people.
people are down there changing the goddamn world. All right? Living by, like, codes of honor. I don't have a code of honor. You know, what's my big thing? Ah, oh, don't fly into Reagan. Don't fly into Dulles. Salute to you, America. You know, what a fucking bum. That's what I felt like a fucking bum. And I can't even explain. Those guys, they all, all, those, all those soldiers, they all got that look in their eye. You know, it's, it's, I, can't, I can't fucking explain it. They look at me, they can see it. Like, this guy's soft. Look at him, probably sleeps till 10 in the fucking morning. Rolling around his bed, bitching. Oh, I got to do a podcast. I, I honestly, I never felt so fucking pathetic in my life. I remember reading Artie Lang's book, Too Fat to Fish, and he had a caption underneath when he was on the plane with a bunch of soldiers. He said, here's a picture of a bunch of guys who are better than me. And I was like, oh, Jesus Christ, Artie. The fuck? Now I know what he was talking about. <laughs> I'm a fucking loser, everybody. So feel better about yourself this week, everybody. Um, I guess compared to me. So anyways, yeah, it was great. Yeah, we went there. We had a great show. And I want to thank everybody for coming out. And uh, once again, I went on the road, everyone. And, I, and, I, and I'm, I'm, I'm fighting the battle against the bulge. And I'm not talking about my stomach. I'm talking about my fucking squash. All right? That, that's the big goddamn thing as a guy. If you want to age gracefully, all right, you got to make sure the poundage of your head you got to keep it level. Remember last weekend I was telling you about Ingve Malmsteen, how big his fucking head is now, and he's still trying to get away with wearing those leather goddamn pants and his booties. He looks ridiculous. He looks like a he looks like a hoard up. Ah, uh, oh, what the fuck is her name? That chick with the big head from that show Fish way back in the day. Um, this podcast sucks. You know what? Normally I'd abandon it, but I don't have the fucking time because I have to catch 19 flights this week. So you know what? We're gonna plow through it. I'm going to see it through like a fucking soldier. I'm going to soldier my way through this one. Another rock star. I'm just going to pick on rock stars, and next week I'll pick on it. You guys can give me some give me some actors that you've seen over the years. Male actors whose heads just got fucking gigantic. Val Kilmer. Val Kilmer didn't do shit. He just fucking, he, you know, when was the last time he had a salad? You seen that hunk of fucking roast beef sitting on top of his goddamn head? It's unbelievable. Here's one for you. Brian Setzer. Is that how you say his name? The guy from the Stray Cats? I don't know what the fuck happened to his head. And I'll tell you who's halfway there is that Billy Joel guy from the fucking Green Day. You know? He's got the exact same build as that dude. It's the fuck. It's the worst. Both of them. Full heads of hair. I'm jealous. But none of them. They're not, they're not having salads. They're out there on the road. They're eating the fucking, they're eating the potato skins. That head just keeps getting bigger and bigger. That's why they switch every once they switch from playing like an SG or a Les Paul. They go to that big, what, the, the ES-330, you know. I, I, I like the sound of the, the old Chuck Berry sound. No, you don't. You got a giant fucking head. And now it looks like you're playing a ukulele, so you had to go to a bigger guitar. I see what you're doing. Vince Neal. There's another guy. I saw them when they went out and they opened from uh, Aerosmith like five years ago. And I was just sitting there going, when did his head get as big as fucking Nikki Six? Nikki Six can have a big head. That guy's like fucking six foot four. You know what I mean? 
The fuck am I talking about? I'm talking about old people with big heads, people. That's what I'm talking about. And I'm talking about how at some point you got to be man enough to eat a fucking salad every once in a while. That's the key. Just once a day. Just go out. Just get a fucking chef salad if you got to. Throw some balsamic vinaigrette on it. And for Christ's sake, eat a goddamn salad before you're walking down the street scaring children with that goddamn jack-o'-lantern sitting on your fucking head. You know? You want to win it, paintball? You want to stop getting knocked out early in the game? You eat a fucking salad, private. Jesus H. Christ, what the fuck is that on top of your head? Bullshit! I ain't seen a head that fucking big chick. That right there is why I never joined the military. There's no fucking way I could stand there and get screamed at like that. You know? Then they'd slap the shit out of me. Then I'd get a concussion, right? And I'd be like one of the... And then, of course, you know... They make you come back too soon in the military. Forget about fucking NFL football over the years. You got to come right back. Put that goddamn beret on. Jesus H. Christ, where'd they find a fucking beret for that fucking squash? Pick it up. What's that, a toilet seat cover? You think it's funny? You think it's funny, boy? Slap me in the fucking head again. Pick it up. Dude, why do you keep knocking it off my fucking head if you want me to? There's no fucking way. There's no way. You know, my ego would tell me, look at this old motherfucker. You know, skinny little guy with his fucking bird chest. Huh, your white chest airs. You think you're going to yell at me and knock my little hat off in front of all these fucking people that I just met? Sorry. Um, anyways, this is the podcast for this week, and uh, you know what's you know what's funny about having all the fucking free time I do. I have all the I, I I only I work every other week, people. I'm one of the laziest motherfuckers you're ever gonna meet in your life. Okay, I'm sitting here right now. I'm doing this podcast at 4:37 LA time in the afternoon, and I'm still in my pajamas. I'm wearing pajama bottoms. All right, for people who like a, me to paint a picture, and I got my little Tribeca Film Festival T-shirt on. That's what I'm doing, drinking a little coconut water, which one of my listeners said that he actually went out and listened to, and uh, he felt, I forget how he put it, something about he felt like he was drinking out of Muammar Gaddafi's ass, I believe is that how he, that's how he described pure coconut water. I think it tastes delicious. Hang on a second. Mm. Oh, that's good stuff. Oh, that's good stuff. Um, anyways, so despite the fact that I only work every other goddamn week, I swear to God, anytime anything cool is happening in L.A., in, in L.A., in L.A., and I'm like, I'm going to go to that shit. I'm going to take a night off from this fucking business, and I'm going to go to that shit. Every time, it's always when I'm out of town. And this week is no different. All right? Listen to this shit. I'm down the club the other night, minding my own fucking business. I want to go down there, right? I want to go down. I want to tell some jokes. Blah, 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 blah. And somebody comes up to me and he goes, dude, you're not going to believe what they, they have at the fucking L.A. sports arena. I'm like, I'm like, what? What's, what's coming up? L.A. sports? You mean when the fucking Clippers used to play? He's like, yeah. Evidently, they're doing some UFC fight. I swear to God, this isn't a movie. All right? This is actually real. You guys into MMA? You into that type of shit? Of course you are, right? Who isn't? Who doesn't like to watch two guys with shaved heads just beat the living shit out of each other? Um, 
You know what I said one time when I was talking about that, like the UFC style of fighting? What I love about it is uh, – I, I think I might have said this on the podcast. I can't remember. I'm going to blame it on all the altitude, my dried-out skin from the fucking pressurized air. But uh, when I watch those UFC fights and you see somebody – you see those guys where they got the cardio. They're in ridiculous fucking shape. They can strike. They can take it down to the ground. They can submit you. They can knock you the fuck out. And that's what I always, you know, I always look at that shit and just be like, that dude right there, unfucking rapable, right? Who's kidding who? That that's the big thing. That's why you 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 keep going in martial arts as a man. You want to be unfucking rapable, you know? And why is that? Because my generation, when we first got cable. Every other movie that was on cable, especially Cinemax, always involved some fucking regular dude going to prison for a crime he didn't commit. And then uh, and then people try to fucking they try to try to stick their dicks in his ass, you know, Then he's got to fight back and blah, blah, blah. And of course, he always fucking wins except Shawshank Redemption, which is why that was such a, a great movie, you know. Because Tim Robbins, you know, sometimes he won, sometimes he didn't. You know, Jesus Christ, think about that. You know, the expression, hey, you win some, you lose some. No, we're going undefeated. (laughs) But, uh, yeah, all those fucking movies, you know, always are about that. So I said that that to somebody one time. I go, hey, those fucking guys, you know what those guys are? They're fucking unrapable. They go to prison. I don't give a shit what you do. You come at them standing up. You come at them fucking, you try to shoot their legs, they'll fuck, they'll choke you out. You'll end up getting raped. You know? It's like when the lions go after one of those fucking, one of those buffalo. And they're pouncing on it, and all of a sudden the thing just whips around, and the, the, the goddamn tiger takes a horn to his side, or the lion does, and then the lion dies. And he's like, wait a minute, I thought I was killing you, and then you fucking shanked me. We got it, Bill. Fuck, we got it. Get on with it. So someone told me the other day, I was saying, those fucking guys, unrapable. And this dude was like, nah, man, nah. I go, what do you mean, no? How the fuck are you going to take that guy out? And he said, listen, man, he goes, inside, if they want to get you, they're going to get you. I'm like, I go, well, how the fuck are you going to get that guy? I didn't give a shit if you brought three guys at him. He's still, he's going to fucking knock him out. Superman punch, a fucking knee to the head, rear naked choke, and it's over. The guy goes, nah, you know, they... Yeah, they put stuff in your food. They drug you. And I, I can't even, it's it just like, I, it just, it killed me when somebody said that. They, they put drugs in your food? It, it just didn't even seem fit. I, I can't even explain it. It was like, I looked at those guys like they were fucking superheroes, and it's like, really? Those guys would get fucked too? That's brutal. So I had to adjust my worship and just be like, you know what? Well, it's just going to happen. It only happens in prison, but as long as you don't break the laws or get fucking blamed for some shit you didn't do, you are unfucking rapable. Jesus Christ, Bill, where is this going? I'll tell you where it's going. So that MMA shit, I've always wanted to go to something like that, right? So this guy tells me, he goes, this is what they're having. Not only are they having this MMA fights down at the L.A. Coliseum, back where the old uh, the L.A. Clippers used to play before the Staples Center. I swear to God, this is the matchup. It's cops Versus cons. And once again, this is not a movie starring Snake Plis- Pliskin. This is an actual fucking event. 
to having police officers fight ex-convicts, MMA style, in an octagon. Tell me you're not fucking going to that if you're anywhere near Los Angeles. Cops versus fucking cons. This guy's telling me this shit. I'm like, are you, are you fucking kidding me? I got to go to this. He's like, oh, it's fucking, uh, it's May 21st. Of course, I'm at Caroline's. So we here at the MM Podcast, we're like, you know something? That sounds like some shit that if I can't go, my listeners would love to fucking go to. So I, I'm going to give you the fucking information on this shit. It's May 21st, L.A. Sports Arena. It's Cops vs. Cons. Go to copsversecons.com. Listen, and it's an all-day event, too. I'm telling you, I don't know why this isn't being filmed and put on HBO. They're going to have a bunch of, bunch of music down there. They got fucking tattoo artists. I mean, it's just a, it, it is a white trash. This is like the white trash Olympics. And then you get to fight the cop who busted you for fucking not paying child support. The hosts are Danny, uh, what do you say, Danny Trejo, the, the star of Machete, and uh, Tiny Lister, who played Debo from Fridays. It just keeps getting better. So we actually contacted them, said, hey, you know what? We want to hype this fucking thing. So he said, fine. Let them know where we're at. Go to the uh, copsversecon.com. There's a bunch of different tickets, 30 bucks and up. You can watch cops <laughs> fight convicts. I can't believe I'm going to fucking miss this. This is I'm, I'm hoping this is going to be such a huge, uh, a, a huge fucking hit that uh, that I don't fu- that, that, that they, they got to fucking do it again because I don't know. But so basically the tickets are 30 bucks on up. And if you if you buy the hundred dollar ticket so you can get right down there and listen to them shit talk or whatever, uh, just mention the MM podcast. The MMP, and they'll give you uh, 25 bucks off it. So all it will cost is uh, it just costs you 75 bucks. What the fuck is this? Did I give out the wrong website? I am really, I am the fucking worst. If I gave out the wrong website, it's copsversecon.com, right? Oh, Jesus. Hang on a second. Hang on, hang on, hang on. Don't do this to me. Don't do this to me live. On the fucking, oh, cage verse? It can't be cage verse. It's got to be cops verse. Hang on a second. This is critical information. Oh, Jesus Christ. This is one of the, no, it's cageversecons.com. All right, so I fucked it up. Go fuck yourselves. Cage verse cons. Cage verse cons. We'll have it all on the MM podcast. I am the fucking worst. Whatever. It's, but it's cops. It's cops fighting former convicts, and I can't believe I'm going to miss this shit. It's really bugging the shit out of me. There's going to be a bunch of rappers down there, too short, all these guys. And I'm going to miss it. You know who they should have got down there to fucking host it in character? Would have been fucking Snake Plissken. Who's that guy hosted? I mean, uh, who's the actor who played that? He's married to Goldie Hawn. Remember that chick? Private Benjamin. She was on Laugh-In. I remember looking at her going, you know, she's riding it out. Look at her. She's riding it out. She's keeping herself in shape. She's not going to go out and get some fucking a bad facelift. And what did she do? She went out there. She went out and she got a facelift. And now the best and nicest thing I can say about a face is it looks animated. You know, 
I don't know if this is the right movie because I always get these movies wrong, but she looks like she's in Finding Nemoy. Nemoy? Is that how you say it? Nemo? I don't know, guys. I watch sports, okay? Go fuck yourself. Cage vs. Cons. Please go down there. Buy the tickets. You can actually watch it live if you can't make it for you MMA fans around the fucking world. All right? They, they got a pay-per-view right there on the fucking website. Cage vs. Cons. C-A-G-E-V-S-C-O-N-S. All right? I finally got it fucking right. You can watch it right on that goddamn shit. Okay? And there's rumor that there might be an MM podcast banner hanging from the fucking rafters. You like that shit? This is what I'm going to do on this podcast. The shit that I advertise, I'm going to tell fucking stories, make you laugh, slide in the fucking promo, and it's just going to be shit that I believe in. I believe in cops fighting cons in the, the, uh, the octagon. I think that that's how they should settle it. You know, on the side of the road, when they do that shit, where they, they, you know, they show the video from the state troopers thing, you know, the state troopers car and all of a sudden the, the, the regular traffic stop turns into a fucking eight year sentence for assaulting a police officer. There, there ought to be like some sort of signal. That means uh, not only do I disagree with you pulling me over, um, I, I want to fight you in an octagon. You know, you make some sort of gesture and then he gives you a police escort. You follow him right over there and then you guys go at it. You fight in the octagon, and if you win, you get no ticket. You get no ticket. Hey, and look who just came walking in. If it isn't my lovely girlfriend, how the fuck are you? <laughs> what are you talking about? What am I talking about? I'm talking about that 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 MMA match that I'm going to miss. Which one? It's called Cage vs. Cons. It's over at the L.A. Sports Arena. I swear oh, to God. Oh, God. It, no, it's cops. Is that one of these Monday, Monday, Monday? Yeah, like, that's exactly what it is. Shows. No, but it's 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 cops versus cons. Real cops versus real, cops real cons? Versus, oh, yeah, you got to go. No on, way. You gotta it's go on the, not real. Is you, it? You know what you sound like? Because I'm actually doing advertising. We sound like we're doing like like I'm selling some hunk of shit. And Late at night. Yeah. <laughs> that knife can cut through a can? No, it can't. <laughs> no, I swear to God. Uh, what do they got down there? This, this is some of the matchups. It's like officer somebody versus somebody else, and it's this white dude. These are not real. Like, they can't be real cops and real cons. There's no Why? way. Because this is L.A. They're actors. <laughs> you think so? Yeah. No. Op- re- officer I mean- Gonzalez versus n- Notorious Rick Slayton. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, Google Rick Slayton. Is he? I, no, I'm not doing that. I already did this shit. I already, I already fuck. You want to see it? You want to see this guy? This guy has the, the, he's a white guy, right? Shaved head. And he's got those classic, I'm a racist tattoos. Mm-hmm. Like he's got like, you know, go fuck yourself slash I love Hitler on the top of his head. <laughs> type. I'll show you this guy. Cage versus cons. Cage versus Yeah. And, and it's the exact Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. Listen yeah. to this shit. Here we go. Come witness the event of the year, Cage versus Cons. Ten pro jaw-breaking MMA fights at the LA Sports Arena. Main event, Cop versus Con, with hip-hop performances by E40, Psycho Realm, Too Short, Dog yeah. Too Short, oh, Dog Pound. See, there's something that's, there for everybody. That's actually pretty cool. You want to you, you, you get a tattoo that you're going to regret? You know, a little tramp stamp? Uh, they, they have tattoo stuff going on. What oh, else? yeah. What other uh, shit? What is it? What is it? I'm telling you, you you're not going to be here. No, that would actually be fun to go, and then we could review Speak it. Speak into the, the mic. There you go. We can review it for your listeners. No, I'm actually sending uh, Lawhead and uh, Sam Tripoli down there. Hopefully, Sam Tripoli. Yeah, it was going to be Bartnick. 
I was going to send my Rose Bowl crew down, crew down there. Oh, yeah, that's we, a great we, idea. It is. <laughs> <laughs> sure it is. No, uh, no offense, boys. I love you. I'm going to start doing uh, – they're going to start doing remotes for me. At, at some of these, these things that we're going to start. I'm telling you, I'm taking this podcast to the next level. I love it. So I have my funniest drinking buddies who are also comedians. Mm-hmm. And uh, Bartnick's just out of town. He's gigging. But I'm going to have Lawhead and uh, Sam Tripoli's going to be the stand-in. And they're going to go down there. And they're going to be drinking. <laughs> and they're going to be, they're going to be you know, hopefully interviewing some of the... Uh, you know, high-class high people like myself who would be going down there. I can't fucking believe I'm not going to be in here for this. But, uh, but anyways, um, Nia, you've stopped by here, and we're, we're gonna, we're gonna, you're going to do a little passing promo here. What are we going to be doing tonight? When, okay. What am I going to go see with you? Because I haven't been in town for the last couple of days, so you guys are probably wondering, how do you keep it going? How do you, <laughs> how do you keep the magic going? You know, you know, you how fucking, do you keep the spark? You fucking annoyed the shit out of me today. What do you mean? You know what I mean. I, I was talking about earlier when you, you kept putting off that vibe that you, would, you were annoyed by my general no, presence. No, I was not. Present. Yeah, you were. I was just busy. Yeah, you know, I wanted to, <laughs> I wanted to get up in the I've morning. I've been on the road for like five, six fa- days, and I'm thinking, oh, she's going to – I thought you were going to kiss me like that chick who kissed that dude in Times Square when the war ended. <laughs> That's what I thought was going to happen. You haven't been gone that long, though. Oh, Jesus. It's over. It's over. No, I just I wanted to get up and go to the farmer's market, and I had to wash my hair. I had a whole thing. The only time that you should have been mad at me was the was after I'd already annoyed you like five times, and at one point you were in the shower. Did you say annoyed me how many times? Like five. Okay. I just want the record to show that you admitted that you annoyed yeah. me five times this throughout this be. whole course of mourning that huh? you're supposedly – Well, you think you're not fucking annoying? I didn't think this was about me. I thought it was about you. No, it's about you being a, being a jerk this morning. This is the only thing I will admit that was wrong <laughs> was when you were in the middle of showering and I came walking in with the cold cuts and I said, hey, smell this chicken. Does this smell like it went bad? I'm in the shower. I, I love taking like baths and showers. It's like my whole relaxation. People like being clean. Get to the fucking <laughs> yes, point. Yes, I they like using it. fancy soaps. And I'm in there, you know, enjoying myself. And who fucking barges in the bathroom, opens up the shower stall shower uh, stall door thrusts a package of old ass lunch meat in my face practically and he's like does this smell funny <laughs> i'm taking a shower okay what are you doing i'm trying to shower i have a bad sense of smell <laughs> i know but you could have a really for me to i have out. a really bad sense of smell well know, i'm but- doing my episode of glee in a couple days and i don't want to get uh salmonella i don't want to get fucking uh yeah well if you yeah but still, uh, see right here still you could have really? waited until I came out of the shower. All right, whatever. Okay. We're going to see Bridesmaids tonight. Yeah. This is Starring how, Kristen Wiig and Maya Rudolph. This is how long I've been out of town that I actually agreed. She goes, do you want to see Bridesmaid tonight? Now, of course, my brain was like, no. It's produced by Jed Apatow, okay? So is it's he not in it? Like, is any of the... Di- he's never in it. He's the director. All right, well... He didn't direct the movie. He produced All right, movie. well, any of those other guys in it? I don't know. Seth I haven't Rogen seen it. Seth Rogen and fucking Paul Rudd and, and no, those guys. It's no. just going to be I a mean, bunch maybe. of broads. Is yeah. this like slapstick, my big fat Greek wedding? Is this what it's going to be? Put it like this. Judd Apatow produced this movie. So what? whatever you think that it's going to be, think about the fact that he produced it, I think is the idea. It, oh, all right. Uh, you take a sip of your big mug. Uh, I, I have a big mug full of wine. Too. Really? Mm-hmm. You got a big mug full of something. Have you and answered I'm, I'm questions from uh, 
No, you want you want you want to you want to do an advice one? Yes, I do. Okay, we'll do an advice one, and then uh, then that'll be uh, that'll be the little Nini segment here for the fucking week. <laughs> um, let me see if I got one that actually involves men and women. Men and women, like I'm not gonna see enough fucking broads tonight in the goddamn movie. If there's if there's one period joke, I'm walking out. I'm walking out. Does this make me look fat? If somebody cries for no fucking reason and goes, oh, my God, I love you guys. You know that's happening in Act 3. I'm walking out. All right? I'm letting you know. I'm getting up and I'm walking. I'm storming out. And you won't even hear me drive away because we you have a hybrid. You supportive of the Saturday Night Live people. Ahem, ahem. I am supportive. You think they want to do that fucking movie? They need the money. Uh, I haven't even seen it. So actually, somebody told me it was fucking hilarious. All right, where am I here? Uh, ba, 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 ba. All right, here we go. All right, Bill, one of my best friends has been going to church for years, and previously it has never bothered me at all. Oh, Jesus. Um, I grew up <laughs> <laughs> I grew up Catholic, and like so many Catholics, I got raped. No, kidding. I no, longer, I no longer attend church, but it doesn't bother me in the least if someone else wants to go. This guy is the exact mindset that I am, except I make fun of people who go to church a little bit, a little bit. Uh, a few months ago, my friend started asking me if I would like to go to church with him. Gay. Uh, I politely, Bill. I politely declared that's that's a gay thing to do, and I don't mean I don't mean. How is it gay to ask someone to go to church with you? Because you're both going to be wearing sweaters. <laughs> <laughs> you're going to be singing songs. You are the most Hallelujah. person. Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. You going to sit there and sing with your fucking friend wearing a sweater? And then, then the priest up there, who God knows what he did, is going to be like, he had a beard and some long hair and he cured a leper. None of you guys can do that, so you better give us some money. Hallelujah. Yeah. You are not making fun of mass right now. It's nothing sacred to you. Uh, it's nothing uh, yes. sacred. There are some things that are sacred. Like what? Not none of that horse shit. That oogly boogly. <laughs> it's not it's not oogly boogly, it's a hymn. Well, it's like a call and response. I'll tell you what's anyway, sacred. I'll finish, tell you what's fucking you sacred. You asked a question, now you're getting the answer, Toots. I'll tell you what's <laughs> sacred. What's sacred is how you go out in the playoffs. The Celtics went out with heart. We still lost our fucking... We still got our oh, asses Jesus. kicked. We still got our asses kicked. <laughs> we still got our asses kicked. All right? But there was no quit in that team. All right? Okay. That's fucking sacred. What's sacrilegious is what the fucking Lakers did. And I'm not disrespecting the franchise. I'm saying what the couple of those... And it wasn't all of them. What the, uh, It was really what Bynum did. I didn't even think what Odom did was bad. All right. Can you just finish reading the, the question? Jesus Christ. Really? All of a sudden you're dictating it? You ask me why. So he wants to go to church with me, with him. I repeat, gay. I politely decline. Dude, I'm not doing that shit. Um, Stop since filling then- in the blanks with your <laughs> own commentary. Why? That not, that's not a part of the letter because you're presenting it in a biased fashion. Just read it and then give your opinion. You see this shit? This is a classic <laughs> fucking broad. It's like I've been doing this oh shit for four years and you're telling me how to run it. Yeah, you have no idea how many moron guys are going to send in hate mail because of that. Because not because you're a jerk, because some other. Well, they're morons, shit. so I don't oh, give a shit. Jesus, this fucking elitist attitude. Um, since then, my friend has told me he feels it's his mission to spread the word of God. Stop saying it like that. Hallelujah. <laughs> And continues to ask me to go. They got to 
He drank the fucking Kool-Aid. Now he's a zombie. And as time passes, he's getting more aggressive with his sales pitch. Hmm. That means he's probably reaching out and, like, touching his hand. (laughs) Uh, What started off with him just slipping it into casual conversation is loud. Now led me to receiving text messages that say the following. This means more to you. This means more to me than you know. God has poured out love to me, and he is reaching out to you also. Ignore if you must, but there is a lot at stake here. Wow. Yeah, no, he... That's he, a little unsense. Yeah, he's buying into that Jesus is coming back, okay. and this time, he's not fucking around. <laughs> this time, it's personal. Yeah. He, okay, so... So he's buying into the rapture. Yes, I get it. That so this hippie is, is going to come back on a stegosaurus and just start <laughs> killing people. Killing people. What they say. Rex. What they say is fucking wrong. He's going to come back, wrath, one of the deadly sins. Judges, judgment is mine, saith the Lord. He's the son. He's the Donald Trump. He's got the fuck. He's got a comb over at this point <laughs> coming out of heaven. He didn't make that money. He didn't make the fucking world. He's just a loud jackass. Hey, fuck, fuck, you know, whatever. Cast me into the, the fucking pits. I don't give a shit. You know, you think I want to hang out with you in heaven <laughs> forever? Just going, isn't this awesome? Yeah, it is awesome. Can you please finish the letter? All right. What started off? Okay. So here we go. Uh, to be uh, to this, I I replied honestly. It's it. If it's my choice, I don't want to go. Please stop asking me about it. I don't know how many more ways I can request that. There you go. Okay. He responded with, "I'll hold off, but know this: God loves you and will not quit if I do." Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, then there's no reason to hit me two times. Let's just let God do it. All right. Anyways, here comes my question, Bill. Why does this fucking piss me off so much? Why do these why do these cults do uh what do these cults do to these people? He's involved with a church that people do joke around with and call a cult. What would you do if you were me? At this point, I don't even want to talk to this guy because these conversations are infuriating me. Um yeah, I would I would cut this guy out of your life. I, yeah, it's it, it's it's annoying. This is that's what I, why you feel that way. No, but this really, is his friend. Really annoying. But this that is he's his friend. It. This yeah, is his I know, friend, and he and he wa- he wants to get him out of the cult. So the thing is, is if you go to him and you try to get him out of it, you're just going to drive him further into it. So what you do is just say you just stop being friends with him, you know, and hope that that'll help because they're not going to go out of that. Then he's not going to leave it if you ask him to leave it. Yeah, I He's don't know. Done. You never, you never know. But yeah, he needs to just cut him out because yeah, there's no you can't it, unless he wants to spend the rest of his time with this guy debating Catholicism or whatever, which I'm sure he doesn't want to do. Then yeah, he should just cut him off. Personally, I would still hang out with him. You would just so you could get into debates with him. No, and I, I would just do unbelievably satanic and, igno- <laughs> and annoying shit. That's I, a good idea. I would. I would. Maybe list, you should do that. I would always have like shout at the devil playing. You know, or maybe just that beginning cheesy thing. Should invite so him to, you should invite him into me. a restaurant and it turns out to be like a strip club and see what he does. Yeah, but you're going to see the titties on the outside. Gentleman's club. That's true. No, I wouldn't do that shit. I would just, I would hang out with him and hang out with, I would keep saying that I want to get involved in the church and I would keep going to events. And as they were going, you know, I just feel so filled up 
with God's love, I would then be like, oh, you want to talk about filled up? I fucking jerked off into this chick's mouth last oh, night. I'm telling you. William Burr. She had a big bass mouth. And I don't know, maybe it was a couple of days since the last time I fucking, you know, let them loose. But I, right up to the brim. She was a champion. She swallowed. I'm sorry. What were you saying? <laughs> this is why you're going to hell. Oh, why don't you pray for me? I will. These fucking people, these people. Yeah. All, all those, all those things are like, uh, they're just, they're, I don't know. It's, it's, it's too complicated. It's a cult. It's a fucking cult. I mean, if it works for you, you know, I think they just like wearing those old clothes, you know, must be nice to drive a bicycle. You were never an wearing altar, a tarp with an your altar balls kid? banging against the fucking seat. <laughs> when you were growing up, did you never, uh, I was an altar boy. I was an altar girl. Yep. I was an altar boy. Yeah. That's the name of my my, my new book, Simon <laughs> Schuster. I was an altar boy. Yeah. And uh, I remember I used to do, I'd sit there and I would ring the bells. Yep. You know? I'd Did ring, you ever have to do the incense where you have to take that ball that's on a string? It looks like one of those medieval torture devices, you know, when they swing yeah, around I was, head. Yeah, I was, you know what it was? Incense in I it. did that shit. I was so bored in mass, you know? I wanted to be involved. I wanted to get up on stage. I wanted to say something. Attention whore. Yeah. But you don't get to say anything whore. when you're an altar boy. Yeah. I had one priest who used to do the fucking homily. And then he would ask. He would give us a lecture about some shit about the, the uh, uh, Eustacranians or whatever. The Christocranians. <laughs> the who? These, you know, these fucking people from a long time ago. And he'd be giving you this speech. And you're going, oh, God, he's going to ask me questions on this. And he would be like. He would just be doing the homily. And then we'd, he'd be doing the homily and he'd just be like, and Mr. Burr, what is it? Blah, he'd just start quizzing you. And the fucking crowd would be laughing when I fucked up the jokes. and I lo- uh, Not the jokes, the, the questions. And I loved it. Beat the shit out of sitting there, standing, kneeling, doing all that. <laughs> and, um, and I really bought into it when I was younger. I really bought into it. I thought it was good. I thought it was the right fucking thing to do. And uh, then I got older, and I started reading, and I traveled, and I realized this is just a bunch of bullshit. And uh, I read into the history of the church. And I was like, wow, these guys aren't exactly uh, what they say that they are. You know? It's kind of like a lot, like Taco Bell. Who doesn't <laughs> like Taco Bell? Then I, I do my little shoot out there in New Mexico, and uh, there was some big strike they had out there. Because they're not paying any of those fucking workers that pick the goddamn tomatoes that go into them. Okay, okay. Did you go to a Catholic school? When did this become Inside Bill's studio? Did I go when to Catholic started, school? When you said this whole thing is Inside Bill's studio. I didn't know. It's no. you running your yap for like 90 <laughs> minutes. No, you I didn't. You just went off on like a no. monologue for five minutes. You just go and go and go. Uh, <laughs> no, I was asking because I went to Catholic school. So, yeah, it's a whole thing. It's too complicated to get into, but... Yeah. So what was that? That's it. That's it? That's why you stopped the whole po- – you know what it is? You just like talking into a microphone. I do. That's what it is. It's fun. Okay. Well, listen. I have to get on with the podcast here. Are you kicking me out? I'm not kicking you out. I'm asking you politely to leave so I can go back to fine. running my – yet. I finished dinner anyway. Good. Thank you very much. Yeah, everybody. Thank you for coming by. That segment was brought to you by my balls. <laughs> all right. Uh, all right. So I read that one. Here's another one. All right. Bill, uh, just to give you some background, I'm a 36-year-old Asian woman. Oh, I read this one last week. What the fuck is wrong with me? Um, I wanted her to send me a picture. You know? 
Anyways, Bill, uh, first, thank you for the laughs on your weekly podcast. beep a da ba doop um, All right. I want to com- comment on your drinking. By the way, today marks the seventh month I have not boozed. You understand what that means? I am closer to a year than I am to not a year. All right? That was for those of you out there who are not good at math. You don't realize that there's 12 months in a fucking year. And uh, uh, I don't know when it's going to happen. But when it does, when I was in the Pentagon, I was thinking about drinking because I went to their gift shop. Yeah, they do have a gift shop at the Pentagon. And you know what else was awesome? No one there seemed to know how many floors there were. They said there's rumored to be like another five below the ground, but nobody really knows. You know, I'm sure I'm sure the uh, one of the big generals was there. I'm sure he knows. I wonder what happens when you get all the way down to the bottom layer. Like who the fuck is down there? You know, I bet it's a bunch of bankers. I bet there's like an underground subway from the Federal Reserve right over to that lower level of the Pentagon. There's a little office in there. And uh, that's where the people from the Federal Reserve go uh, when they want to yell at the president. And the president comes over on his little private subway because it's all so close together, right? He comes over and then he sits outside their office all fucking nervous, like wringing his hands going, oh, God, did did I not say it right? Um, anyways, let's plow ahead here. Bill, I want to comment on your drinking and if anyone could stick with any kind of schedule. Oh, when I asked if anyone could stick to any sort of schedule, cause I've been thinking about going back to drinking and just like one day every month, just getting actually absolutely hammered. Having Oktoberfest every month is basically what I'm thinking about. Oh, I know. I actually, I forgot. So, so I'm in the, the gift shop at the Pentagon and they had these these drinking glasses, and they had this giant one that had the Marine Corps um, shield or insignia, family crest, whatever the fuck you call it. And the second I saw it, I was like, I want to fill that up with some beer and have like nine of those. Um, so anyways, uh, I asked if it was possible to do something like that. The guy said, I just turned 25, uh, and I've never had a sip of alcohol, smoked cigarettes, or taking any kind of illegal drug. Never, not even by accident, and it's been been by choice and nothing religion-affiliated. My friends slash coworkers also poke fun of me for not um, often saying that they'd be able to get me to drink at least one. In general, everyone has the same reaction. Jesus Christ, how do you unwind? You must be boring, etc. Well, anyways, I guess that what I'm saying is it is possible to not drink with all the opportunities out there that are in the world and the stress of life in general. It can be possible to get it, to get it at least to at least get it down to drinking only one day a week. Um, congrats on your streak and if not drinking and thanks for the last. Um, well, that's different because you've never drank. I wanted to hear from a drinker. See, the thing about you is you've never opened Pandora's box. And I've said this before, but it's, it's, it's very easy for, my, for me not to do heroin every day because I never did it. So I don't, know what I, I don't know what I'm missing. You know? I've never gone to Vegas and just actually called one of those whores and had them come to my room. So when I go out there, I, I never think to do it. And then I don't feel like I'm missing anything. But the thing is, is when you do shit like that, when you've done it, when you've lived that life, that's when it's fucking hard. The other night I was driving home from the fucking... The fuck was I coming from the comedy store? And I was just sick of being sober. I was just driving going, I want to get fucked up. 
I just want to do it. This is this is uh, this is getting ridiculous. I'm so, I'm actually sick of thinking clearly. I can't explain it. It has to do with that shit though, because I know how fun it is to get drunk, you know. And I haven't had any embarrassing things happen in seven fucking months, so I forget how stupid it is. But um, God damn it. The only reason why I'm not drinking is because if I don't drink and then I try to beat this streak, I got to start all over again and go seven fucking months. Ah, Jesus Christ. What the fuck am I talking about? I don't even go, I don't even know. Um, let's move along. Let's, let's go with underrated, overrated for this week, everybody. Uh, Bill, new fan of the podcast. I'm going to skip all the ass kicking, ass kissing. Uh, I've noticed you do a lot of overrated, underrated, so here's mine. Overrated, bars, speak of the devil, bars. I just turned 21, and I'm starting to check out the bar scene. What a fucking joke. A bunch of drunk tool bags and filthy hooahs, as you would say. What happened to sit around drinking with your friends? I'd rather have a beer with some close friends than go to, out to a crowded bar filled with people I want nothing to do with. Uh, spending all my money on watered-down drinks. Anyways, keep doing what you're doing. You're the man. Thank you. Um, all right, dude, you go out to the bars if you want to try to get laid. That's basically the only reason why to go out and do it. Other than that, you're absolutely right. If you're of legal drinking age, just buy some booze and go home. Go to a house party. Watch a game with your friends. Cook out. Have a great fucking time. Uh, play the music at the level you want to play it at. But the reason you go out to the bars is because of the who is. It's because of the ladies. That's why you go out to them. Plus, they have a larger selection of the booze. But, uh, dude, you're only 21. I mean, I don't know. Maybe you're really mature. You can be one of those people who's, like, married by 23 and has a kid, you know, in a fucking wheelbarrow. You know, I finally learned how to say that. That was wheelbarrow. Like, roll out the barrel. It's barrow. And I don't even know why. But that's what the fuck it is. Um, I'll give you an underrated for this week. Um, underrated would be uh, the Kinks. I just downloaded some of their music. They're, they're fucking ridiculously underrated. Um, I know that they get credit. They, they sort of get like half credit. They kind of get lost in the wash between the Beatles and Led Zeppelin. And I don't know why. I don't know why. Because as far as I can tell, those guys can write you any type of song you want. Great lyrics. They can write about heavy shit. They can write about light shit. They can fucking rock. They can actually do a ballad that isn't fucking cheesy. Actually downloaded uh, "Give the People What They Want." I bought that on on vinyl when it first came out, and you know what? It still holds up. Still fucking holds up to me. And actually, with my guitar playing skills, I can figure out some of the songs. Um, all right, we're getting to the end of the podcast here. Um, what was the last fucking thing I wanted to tell you guys? Oh wait a minute, I got two big topics to talk about. One: uh, Bruins versus Tampa Bay Lightning. Um, how the series went the first game, we lost three to fucking whatever. It wasn't three to one, but it was like empty net bullshit at the end of the game. But like, that's exactly what I was afraid of. And I, you know, something I'm so sick of these fucking non hockey towns having great hockey teams. You know, it's a fucking waste. It's a, it's a, it's a fucking waste. It's like having a boat and you live in the middle of Nebraska. There's no reason to have a fucking hockey team. Oh, that amazing hockey team. They're a fucking great team and easily the best team we've played and come up against so far. They're just a great fucking team, and I, I easily think that those guys could win the Stanley Cup. Our guys, on the other hand, I don't know. I think we got a shot, but like Tampa Bay, 
I think Tampa, I, if I had to put my money on it, I'd pick Tampa Bay because Vancouver and San Jose, they're too fucking inconsistent. They'll play like lights out fucking hockey three games in a row and then just fucking, hey, man, let's make it interesting. And they'll lose like the next fucking two, three in a row. I don't believe in those, those teams. You can't fucking do that. Eventually, that kind of playing is going to bite you in the ass. And considering they're going to knock each other out, um, everybody thinks the champion's coming from the West. I got news for you. It's coming from the East. And I swear to God, if Tampa Bay wins their second fucking Stanley Cup during the time of this Bruins drought, that white trash piece of shit city, that nobody goes to, you know, it's like one level above Jacksonville. More people go to Orlando than go to Tampa. People go to Miami. They go to Fort Lauderdale. Bunch of fucking rednecks go out to Daytona for the Daytona 500. We start with the fucking Super Bowl, Super Bowl NASCAR driving, baby, right? Nobody goes to Tampa. I was, you know what I was doing yesterday? I was, I was tweeting, twittering during the fucking game. And all I was doing was just shitting on Tampa, just shitting on the city, trying to annoy people. And, of course, people are taking it seriously, which makes it fun. And I said, Tampa, that's the type of city you go to when you, like, abandon your family, you know, or you just got divorced. Just there was, you know what, there was a life-altering moment in your life where you just got kicked so hard in the balls You've just decided to say, fuck it. That's when you, you move to a city like Tampa. You've, you've quit. That's what Tampa's for. Tampa is for quitters. And all you people down there with your brand new lightning fucking jerseys, or even worse, the free fucking T-shirt that you got from the local radio station. All right? No wonder you finally fill in the arena. You finally want to see what a winner looks like. Isn't that what it is? Through all those fucking years of losing. Huh? The Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Bunch of fucking losers. The fucking Devil Rays. Huh? Devil Rays, just like your lives, Tampa Tampa Bayonians. Just like your fucking lives. Oh, I think it's going to end. No, it isn't. You had to put three balls through the hoop to win the teddy bear. You lose. Virginia's for lovers. Tampa is for losers. There's no fucking way the, the hockey gods are going to allow this to happen. Even though you have way more firepower than us and you got a great goaltender and you're playing your 1-3-1 that you didn't even show us in the first fucking game. Go fuck yourselves. Do you know the strip mall was invented in Tampa? It was. Because they were too fucking stupid to know to, how, how to enclose a mall. You know? They'd start to build an enclosed mall. And then you know what they'd do? They'd fucking quit. And then they were just left with this weird-looking structure. You know? Like, what kind? Well, it's sort of a mall. What should we call it? Well, in, in tribute to all the whores that live here in Tampa, we'll call it a strip mall. You know? All these fucking cracked-out whores walking around. With half a fake tit hanging out, some fucking eight-year-old kid still breastfeeding on it. You know, I know you guys think I'm being harsh, but this is the shit you see down in Tampa. They don't deserve the lightning. I think that's when you know your city sucks. 
is when one of your teams is named after weather. You know? I really shouldn't say that because the Thunder just fucking advanced to the Western Conference Finals. Huh? Look who's watching hoop. Now, I could watch hoop because the Lakers are out of it. I love it. I fucking love it. Truly enjoy it. Truly fucking enjoy that. So anyways, I flew Virgin Airlines on the way back from Washington, uh, Dulles, everybody. And uh, like a smart son of a bitch, I got there like two hours early and I show up and computers are down. And there's this fucking gigantic fucking line. And it was an absolute nightmare trying to check in for the flight. And it was so bad when I got to the gate, the captain was actually helping people get seating assignments. And at one point, you know what he said? He goes, well, you know, he goes, this is how it was before computers. And nobody blinked an eye when he said that. This is not the way it was before computers. This is how it is now because of computers, you fucking moron. Jesus Christ. When you used to go to the airport, you just walked up. You walked up to the, you stood in line, but you fucking walked up. And you, you just, you gave, you gave me information. You had your fucking ticket and you went through. Didn't take two hours and then another hour at the gate to get your seating assignment, you fucking idiot. I lost all confidence in that guy and his ability to fly a fucking airplane at that point. And then I got on there, right? Virgin Airlines is weird. They got like this, this club lighting, you know, like this Jersey Shore sort of look on the plane, you know, like... Like there's going to be cum stains on the seats or something. But it was actually a very enjoyable flight. And they have new airplanes. And uh, I highly recommend that airline. The guy gave a nice smooth fucking landing. They had all kinds of video games and movies and all that type of shit. And you know what I realized? I don't think I've said anything funny in like fucking 20 minutes. What happened to this podcast? Everything was going great. Dude, I'll tell you what it is. You're not boozy. You're drinking fucking coconut water, dude. That's what it is, huh? What are you going to do next? Have a giant cucumber and fucking swallow it whole, you fucking queer? Um, all right. Is that it? Is that it for the podcast? Dude, my fucking dog smells like a fucking dog. I just gave it a goddamn bath. I don't know what's going on. You know what it is? I've been hiking a lot lately. I don't, you know what? I, have I lost enough edge for you? I don't booze. I drink coconut water. I'm recommending eating salads, and I go hiking every day. And I have a beard. Okay? That's just right down the checklist of complete fucking pussy. What's the matter? You calling Doggin? Yeah, she said she just kept wondering if the because oh, it's all windy out. Yeah, windy. yeah we, we have a vicious pit bull that's afraid of the wind. Come here. Cleo, come on in here. Look at walking with the head down low. Oh, my God. What's going to happen? Cleo, come here. She's truly freaked out. Look at her tail between her legs. Cleo. Are you okay? No, I can't pet you in this moment. This is something I learned from the dog trainer. If I pet you right now when you're all freaked out, you're being rewarded for being freaked out. Jesus Christ, look at the fucking thighs on you. You've been hiking with me, huh? All right, you know what? Fuck this podcast. This is the end of the podcast, everybody. My predictions. My predictions. I like... uh, all right, we're going we're gonna to go with my heart first. Bruins, slaughter the fucking Tampa Bay Lightning. All right? We're going to win that in uh, – my fucking dog is standing there shaking right now. Um, 
Cleo, what are you doing? All right, fuck it. All right. The Bruins are going to win in, um, I actually, for some reason, I think, I, I think six games, the Bruins are going to win. That's just my heart talking. Uh, my brain says Tampa in seven. Let's go across the fucking lake here. I like, uh, all right, this is the deal. What's weird in the sports world right now is San Jose and Dallas and the Dallas Mavericks are both not choking. There's no fucking way both of them are going to win a championship this year. One of them is going down. And I don't think it's going to be San Jose. I say San Jose beats Vancouver. I think they finally fucking pushed through this year. Joe Thornton is finally acting like a captain. I think it's going to happen. Both teams are very streaky. Roberto Luongo, I don't know if he gets the yips. They're going to be in trouble. I'm taking San Jose in the fucking West. San Jose in the fucking West. It's probably going to be Tampa San and San Jose. I hate to fucking say it in the goddamn finals. If the Bruins make it to the finals, we're going to win it. Ah, who gives a shit, Bill? No one gives a fuck about your goddamn predictions. Yeah, well, I do. I do. You know, do I give a fuck? I give a fuck enough about you that you're driving to work right now. This is an hour in. You're almost at work, aren't you? Thanks to me. You laughed. You giggled. You had a good fucking time. You spilt your coffee. You dropped something in between the seat and the console. You reach down for it, you stop short, you broke the bridge of your nose, and you're still sitting there laughing. Cleo, you have to fucking relax, all right? You're freaking me out. Cleo, hey. Ah, Jesus Christ. That dog, I swear to God. Yeah, you, you're retarded. All right, basketball, real quick. Um, As much as I love Oklahoma, I got to go Dallas. Dallas is going to make the finals. And uh, all right. Tampa's going to win the cup, and I hate to fucking say it. No, Mavericks will win. I got a bad feeling the Heat are going to go to the finals. I'm rooting for Chicago. I love Dallas, and I love Oklahoma. I got to go with Oklahoma because fucking uh, I love Durant, and I also like uh, Kendrick Perkins. And, uh, yeah, and that's it, and that's the podcast, and the whole fucking thing just whittled down to a goddamn halt. All right, what are we going to do here? How about I hype my dates and then we're going to get the fuck out of here? Huh? Would you guys like to hear that? Have you shut this fucking thing off yet? God knows I would have. Um, here we go. Cage versus cons, everybody. Check out that fight. And uh, what do I got coming up? This weekend, I am at Caroline's Comedy Club, everybody. How about we go out with a little bit of music as I whore myself out like those fucking broads down there at, uh, in Tampa. All right, here we go. We're gonna we're gonna read some dates here. Let me turn this down here. All right. I'm a- <laughs> Bill Burr, check me out at Caroline's Comedy Club, May nineteenth, May twentieth, May twenty first, and May twenty second. I'll be hanging out afterwards, wearing sparklers, shooting out of my titties. I will be selling my new DVD. Let it go. I will sign your titties. I will grab your wife's ass if you like. I don't give a fuck. I got two shows for Thursday. Two shows Friday. Two shows Saturday and one show on Sunday. That's how it's going down. And after that, I got I got one more anti-social tour in June. On uh, the sh- That doesn't mean the tour is over. I just have one, sh- uh, one date. Yeah, da, da, ba. I'm going to be at the Chicago Theater. 
Anti-Social Network, go to uh, antisocialcomedy.com, June 15, 2011. It's part of the Chicago Comedy Festival. We will be showing our hit short film, Cheat. Oh, yeah, I'm going to be out there. I'm going to lie to people and tell them that I directed it and say that Joe, Joe DeRosa was difficult to work with and that Bobby Kelly bought a hairpiece. That's what I'm going to say. Oh, very special. Very special. Let me bring the music down. Let me bring the music down here. The final date on the on the uh, on my my June schedule. I'm going to be doing uh, the Greg Giraldo benefit. Uh, rest in peace, Greg Giraldo. One of the great comics I ever saw. Um, you know, he's got a wife and he's got kids, and we're going to raise some money for him. And it's going to be an unfucking believable lineup. A testament of how much we all love Greg. And uh, and what a great comedian, what a great comedian he was. And it's going to be June 29th at the Wiltern Theater. Uh, that's on, uh, where the fuck is that? It's down on Wilshire and uh, corner of Wilshire and Western in um, Los Angeles. So please come out to that. All proceeds obviously going to his wife and his kids. And uh, it's going to be a great thing. And um just come on down. That's the podcast for this week. I thought. I hope you guys all had a good time. I hope my dog stopped shaking. She's sitting here panting, freaking the fuck out. So you guys are probably wondering, what do you do with the, the dog? Right now, when it, your dog gets like that, don't pet it because you're rewarding it. Going, yeah, I want you to be freaking out. You don't want to do that. What I'm going to do is I'm going to get up off my age and I'm going to take it for a walk. And just get that energy out of her, and then I'm going to bring her fucking back in and act like nothing happened. And when she's chilling out, I'm going to spoon with my dog for the rest of the night. The stinky goddamn pit bull that she is. All right, that's the podcast. God bless all of you. Thank you for listening. Uh, if you're in L.A., please, for the love of God, because I want to know what it's like. I want to hear feedback. Go to uh, cageversecons.com. You got to go down there, get yourself some fried dough, get a tattoo while you listen to Two Short, Snoop Dogg, and all these other motherfuckers who are going to be down there. And then go in there and watch some MMA, MMA fights. And the, the, the headline fight is going to be a real police officer versus a real ex-con. It's going to be fucking awesome. I can't believe I'm going to miss it. And thanks to Jason Lawhead from Men Are Talking Podcast. And uh, I believe Sam Tripoli, they're going to be down there. They're going to cover it, cover it all for the MM podcast. That's it. You guys go fuck yourselves. Have a great week. I'll talk to you next Monday. Never look back.